Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 526 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapara, is coming to you from the Daniel Evans Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you wanted to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us. At which level? $20. $20. Yes, correct. You both win prizes. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, That's impossible. But who, Did you give? Who speaks? Did you give? Who speaks? Uh, I saw a nude egg, Chris Antista. I can't <laughs> believe Matt made, beat me to the reference. <laughs> and. <laughs> oh, hi, yo. Kazaimasu. If it's morning for you, this is Matthew Allen coming, well, back from Japan. Ah. Welcome, Japan. welcome back to the States. Mm. Come on, you have to appreciate my punditry there. That was a Japanese yeah. pun. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. But Ohio's I hope to be talking to you about, about your trip to Japan on bonus time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we shall oh, do that. How exciting. Oh, I know. It's like this is one of the very few like months where I'm glad I'm still alive. Just Zelda and I think you should leave and Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and Fast X. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I didn't I didn't die during COVID. Yeah. I have not said that yet. I have never said that. (laughs) Well, this is a major breakthrough then. How exciting. What a what a great note to kick this show (laughs) off on. Just if you can feel the love and the energy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, where, where can people hear this? This bonus time of which you speak. Patreon.com slash laser time. Give us five bucks or less or more, but you'll unlock hundreds of shows at the $5 level. We're recording some tomorrow, barring friend's parent's funeral for me. Uh, Again, that's good. I have a lot to do. A funeral for you? Wait a minute. No, no. A friend's friend's (laughs) parents. But but it's just like, I keep saying like, I got a funeral. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't know this guy. It's just my, I, but I know my friend, mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus Christ lost his second parents, and now like oh, we got to figure out what to do with him. That's what I'm worried about. Not like me going to a funeral. Wow. What was um, it? I was telling you, like John Mulaney, I love in his new, his latest special, like the uh, certain parents count more than others, like for the kids, for the sympathy. So right. it's like, the, oh, my grandparent died. It's like. You don't want your dad's dad to die or your mom's we, mom. We cannot <laughs> begin a show about video games like yes. this. Jesus yes. Christ. Ask your, ask your mom if she thinks your dad mom did a good job. <laughs> so, video you know. games. We start video off with games. Um, it, it's, Stuff's it's a, out. A little bit of a muted week. Uh, what? Well, okay, you know, compared Not to really. when Zelda came out. We, we do have Street Fighter Six. That's that's I was a huge say, deal. I, I, I was just thinking of what's out now when we're recording, as right. opposed to right. in the next couple of days when people are hearing yeah. this. And and, and I, I don't yeah. think the reviews of Street Fighter Six were more affirming because the video game get togethers I've gone to, which oddly enough have been several. Like people have been playing that beta for a while now, mm. and they were really hyped yeah. on it. I'm just curious yeah. how the whole package comes together for everyone else. Everything I've seen, amazingly, I was going to say, it's it's an understated week so far, Michael, But and yet the games press can't shut the fuck up about two games we can't play yet, Street yeah. Fighter Six and, and Diablo Four. Yeah, okay, so it's a huge week, actually. I was totally wrong. Scratch <laughs> that all from the record. I, I did, and, and I, I reached... You guys have all been playing Zelda, right? And you know, like, yeah, your main yeah, missions are the that. regional phenomena, and I've been avoiding those to the tune of, like, mm-hmm. somewhere between 100 and 150 hours. Yep. I finally wow. did the fourth one. And it's like... Oh, wow. I need go to do to the, Go to the castle. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I also, like... I Isn't it weird that, like, are you playing like me, where, like, when you actually go engage with a giant, well-designed, 
story-based mission. I'm like, I don't like this as much. What a, what a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, the little, little puzzles and uh, just solving and when, things Whenever I do fast. one, though, I'm like, I should have done that sooner because they all give you tools yes. to better explore the world. And, and I'm like, I've been doing this game on hard mode. Like, yep. Like, Michael, you told That's me, like, you oh, started I finally saw the gloom it. hands. I'm like, I saw those when I had three hearts, and I managed to beat them like wow. a Dark Soulsian boss, wow. and it sucked. It was terrible. How did you even I ran do around that? A, I ran around a cave shooting arrows into their eyes. I'm apparently wow. decent with a bow, yeah. Like, they move really fast. I was kind of yeah. shocked. Like, I'm trying to run away. I'm they've f- they've overtaken my horse. They've overtaken me. They keep grabbing me. I hope me MLG is still around. It's breaking my hearts. Well, you, I think what gave me the advantage, I I was coming out of a shrine. It was one of those shrines in a cave. And so I was up on a cliff face, and they can't climb cliffs. And so I was just uh, yeah. taking pot shots at them from above. But you know who can climb gifts? Fucking Phantom Ganon, who appears after you beat yeah. them, and he does not mess oh, around. Yeah. Good, good, good. So much to look uh, forward to. I, I have a story of the anecdotal variety about how big Zelda is. Um, it is the first time... On both my flights to and from a place, so in this case, Tokyo, um, not just me, but multiple people were playing not only Switch, which is rare in and of itself. Mm-hmm. They were all playing the same game on Switch. Like, yeah. I had never wow. seen wow. that happen. Just like Sea of Tears of the Kingdom. G- gave people, like, the thumbs up, pointed at my screen, like, we are in this together. And they were mm-hmm. like, leave me alone, creep. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to fall asleep now, so that's fine. Hey, lady, how many batteries do you got? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just stares you down and slowly flips you the bird. Exactly. Do you want? Do you yeah, want yeah, me to I'm, show you the item dupe glitch? Like, like some I'm, terrible I'm come sad, on. But, but almost happy to say because, like, I'm almost. I think I'm almost tired of the Zelda experience. But so, nearing somewhere around 200 hours, I'll be completely done with it. I'm, I'm I'm getting there, but it's like all that's doing is driving me to like, well, I should probably do the main story stuff now, like because I've been exploring enough. I'm, I, you can max out your stamina really quickly in that game. Like, I, it I doesn't take much. I it like the first two days and just focused on my hearts after that because yeah. I've never been at a loss for stamina hmm. ever since. I'm so far behind you guys because I've been busy with work stuff for the past couple weeks. But anyway, uh, this week's episode. We, you came up with an idea, Matt, because... I did. Alone in the Dark. Which Michael's the last man on Earth excited for that franchise. I am. <laughs> well, they, they had a big showcase last week true. to show off the new reboot, which seems to be adapting, sort of, loosely, the story of the original while expanding it quite a bit. And the fucking David Harbour is going to be playing uh, Edward Carnby, the, the, yeah. the reptile. The uh, most affordable man for your franchise, <laughs> right? Maybe. What, what? Yeah, he's he's like Mr. Video Game Guy. He's Mr. Gran Turismo movie, and now uh-huh. this. But Mr. Hellboy. Yeah, we were talking about Alone in the Dark, and like this is a series that I played a lot in the early '90s. It was on Mac, and I I my I was in a Mac household, so like my PC gaming diet was limited to whatever was coming to that system. Alone in the Dark came to that system, True. and I. Loved those stupid games, and then Resident Evil came along and did basically the same thing, but got so, so much bigger. So you had the idea of series that kind of set the template, or popularized a genre, and then yep. got supplanted by something way more popular that came along a little yep. while later. That, that becomes iconic of the genre, and actually Chris reminded us, 
you did a laser time about this a while ago. It's it's like what Some, was your comparison? Hydrox and Oreos. Hydrox and similar. Oreo and Heathcliff and Garfield. Everybody, yeah. I feel like shits on Garfield, but long before Nickelodeon bought it, Nickelodeon was running Heathcliff cartoons, which came out first in addition to the comic. He was the original uh, sassy orange cat. And Hydrox, Oreo ripped those off, and like to this day, people make high. Oh, is that a Hydrox? Oh, so I, mm-hmm. I almost ate that. Like it's the original Oreo. What? I, I mean, yeah, I don't like I, it either. I feel like we're obligated to mention uh, Johnny Turbo and how the TurboGrafx 16 CD <laughs> beat Sega CD to market and was therefore the better system. You and your wife and Johnny Turbo, <laughs> unbelievable. He follows me on Twitter. Listen to Read. 30 2010. Diana cannot stop thinking about Johnny Turbo. We, we should clarify, by the way, this doesn't... We're not going to list the first in a certain genre, necessarily. No, right. no, it's, no. That, it's that, the first that's that, too up for debate. That, yes, but it, it's it's sort of the first where that genre was known by, like, oh, that thing defines that, yeah. that type Popularized, of Popularized, I think we can yep, say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to call it, for lack of a better term, I heard it described sometimes as... The, the Romerofication, because hmm. oh, that sure. guy comes in with zombies and then basically gets the rights to his own movie taken away from him. Can't make another one, and everybody else does. Everybody in the fucking pop culture world profits off this thing Romero created, except for him. He doesn't get he doesn't get any of the money. Oh my, this is how much of a gamer. I thought you were talking about John Romero. I'm yeah, like, what do you yeah, yeah. for a second? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still paying royalties for being his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I think we. I mean, we recently did that episode about alien precursors. So this is sort of like mm-hmm. genre precursors. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. A- ancient ancient video games. Yeah, not. Uh, that kind came of genre before. pioneers that have been completely overshadowed by the people who ripping it off isn't fair to say in most cases because a lot of yeah. this stuff is genre bending, mm-hmm. combining two things that already exist. Uh, and some of these things he could probably say, like, yeah, this is a clear inspiration, or yes, this was yeah. made by some of the same people. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Although, these are the Netscape Navigator yeah. to the modern Google Chromes. Sure. Of the sure. Or your, your Mozilla Firefoxes. But um, yeah, there you go. let's begin with number five. Uh, Don't act like you weren't the one who insisted on this. I know, just I hate that fucking music. It's that's like oh, the classic so... Pac-Man. That, that was like the the Saturday morning TV Actually, show. Can theme. you cue that up? I'd lo- I, I'd love to point that. Okay, so this is Pac-Land, and that is Pac-Land music. It is a Pac-Man series music. Uh huh. Just just look up the Pac-Man TV show intro. So the Pac-Land, yes, uses the music from the Hanna Barbera 1982-85 TV series. And the design, and the some of the characters. Is he wearing the hat? He's got the oh, yeah, he's he's wearing absolute, Well, yeah, it's like got a little feather. It's not quite the fedora. Okay. He's a mountaineer now. But listen, this is Here the Hanna Barbera theme song. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. What I think is weird, Hanna Barbera was going out of its way to give like. Any identity to the existing Pac-Man theme underneath that theme song is all Pac-Man has for music for the most part outside of the interstitials. Mm-hmm. And then they, Hanna-Barbera adds on that thing and then Pac-Man just takes the Hanna-Barbera melody, removes the original Pac-Man part and puts it in its own game. I don't know what the rights are because if you're not you know, up on that and I know not everybody cares about Pac-Man. 
But there's a lot of legal shit going on with Pac-Man right now. And I know Matt and I were playing the collection. Uh, yes, which museum was collection. And they're ripping this Pac-Man missing. out of original games. And yeah. Sue sometimes because she's a Miss Pac-Man character also. But she's in this because she's uh, in uh, the Pac-Man cartoon show. She's yeah. the fifth ghost. This mm-hmm. this feels weirdly based on the Pac-Man TV show. And like, I, I think that's... Listening to... Oh, what's the creator of Pac-Man's name? Toru Iwatani. He, he, was, he said that, like, yeah, when we were making this, the show was extremely popular. Yeah, which I, I, I feel... Really? <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I didn't see it till Cartoon Express. I was I mean, too young. Pa- Pac-Man was a pop cultural phenomenon yes. in the early 80s for, like, a brief window. And so, yeah, I think... A lot of people would probably be tuning into that cartoon show as I, I bad think, as it and was. And I, I looked into it. It premiered as part of Hanna-Barbera's Jesus Christ Licensing Mayhem, mm. Richie Rich Little Rascals Pac-Man Hour, oh which, God. by the way, was 90 minutes. Mm. Oh, wow. Something Asshole. for Grandpa and something, something for, for Grandpa, something, something for his uh, illegitimate child <laughs> from a different person. So uh, we should talk about the game really quick because I'm, I'm yeah. watching footage of it again, and it's like... It's the precursor, basically, to Super Mario Bros. Yeah, yeah. This right? is it's knocked the fuck out by Super Mario Brothers, which came out the following year. Yeah, we we looked into it, and you know, there's like jump, but side scrolling was kind yes. of all games. All games were kind of single screen or rough illusions of space <laughs> up until that point. Yeah, and everything was on a single screen. And I I love that during the PC era, it's really hard to emulate. Side-scrolling games for some yeah. reason early on. Well, that was like you know when John Romero and John Carmack, like one of the very first projects they did was trying to put together a PC port of Super Mario Brothers three to pitch mm-hmm. to Nintendo. Right, and like in doing so, John Carmack had to solve all these ridiculous math problems, basically to like try to get a, a 1990s, early 90s, late 80s PC to do this because they weren't good at the side-scrolling. And he did it, and and Nintendo was like, yeah, we don't really want our games to be on any other platform that we don't control and can't charge people licensing fees for. You sort of had side-scrollers and platformers, but you didn't have the side-scrolling platformer. Uh, Mm. Jungle King is a maybe in there because you could go back and forth, but, you know, it was pretty limited in what you can do. But Pac-Man, Pac-Land, it's hysterical how many things it did before Mario. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it and it's a, also, like, the first character, like, one of the first true, yeah, like, so character it, platformers, it, it, right? It's taking uh, it's taking a uh, third-party developers, which Nintendo was at the time, major mascot, and putting him in the new burgeoning uh, medium, or uh, uh, genre. And it, I, I hate it, but it still plays easier and more fair and more lusciously than yeah. Super Mario Brothers does, technically. Kind of weird decision, though, to rather yeah. than go with a joystick, they went with two, like a left button and a right button and a yes. jump button. So it's three yeah. buttons. And, like, I, I know you only go in two directions, but that does just does not feel very no, natural. Wa- watching arcade play, like, I remember a couple of years ago, what am I doing wrong? Oh, this is mapped to my control stick. Whereas you're supposed to mash the left and right buttons. If you see speed runs of this game, people are going insanely fast. But mm. what it brought you, like I was, had the beautiful sensation of showing my 10-year-old cousin Donkey Kong, who loves Mario, has never played Donkey Kong. I'm like, 
Why does Mario suck at jumping? Like, I know, right? He really sucks. He really sucks a lot. <laughs> Can't move in midair. If he falls from like an inch further from where he jumped from, he will die. Uh, he can't run. He can't do any of that. Pac-Man does, and he did it a year earlier. That's true. He has a running jump. Uh, he can better aim his... Pac-Man hasn't had legs yet. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is his first time. He can push fire hydrants and make hats appear. Yeah. <laughs> he can then replace his existing hat with. That was revolutionary. When yep. was the next time that video games did that? Replaceable hats. And you cool kid children will know Pac-Man as a stage in Super Smash Brothers, which mm. does not have the Hanna-Barbera music, which leads nope. me to believe, mm. oh boy, what's the issue here? <laughs> what old 90-year-old man do you have to pay mm. in order to get this song in a game? Yep. I, I was trying to think of like what might be considered maybe a more popular precursor before this in like of this style. I think you nailed it, Chris, is like only being able to go one direction to the other. I can't think of one. I can think of one where you could go back in screens that was – it was a platformer technically, but you don't really think of it as one as Pitfall. Yo, no, Pitfall definitely. is probably like the biggest name in platforming that I can think of before this. Definitely, but yeah. it's it's the same trick of you're walking from room to room essentially. Yeah, yes, it it's a, yeah that is continuously scroll. And yep. Pac-Man does continuously scroll and uh, you can it, – it, it does have – just because it's a side scroller doesn't mean it's not going to pay homage to the original maze games. You can – Grab a power pellet and start eating ghosts. And it, yeah, it struck me as interesting. Like before the NES was doing it, you can hear like this is cutting out like one of the audio tracks that the music runs on. And mm -hmm. so it's just like you're, you're just sort of left with this, That's this blinking the, melody. The NES port of Pac-Land. Mm. Almost plays so bad it it look it seems like it might have been sabotaged by it's, Nintendo. It's itself. kind of shocking to look at it if you look if you're looking at the arcade game first, just because yeah. like you go from small sprites to tiny sprites. Tiny like sprites. Pac-Man is he's like five pixels tall on the NES. And you, for, you forget what kind of colors the NES didn't have access to. Everything's mm -hmm. this kind of washed out beige yellow. Where they're, yep. it's really vibrant. Uh, if you have Game Pass, you can play it right now through the Pac-Man Museum collection. And, and surprisingly uh, fluid in its sprite work. And, but I played it mostly via the NES mm. and other platforms where it is dog shit. It is total yep. dog shit. And it, but I, I was more shocked by Pac-Land is astoundingly forgiven for an arcade game from 1984. It's yeah. pretty easy to get kind of far. Mm. Uh, with checkpoints, uh, as opposed to Mario, which doesn't really have that many compared to like yeah. how difficult the original Super Mario Brothers game is. Well, and Pac-Man has a weird structure, and that like you could tell they were really wowed by the technology of like we can scroll the screen right, we can scroll the screen left, and to 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 maximize this, we're going to like each each level of Pac-Man is actually it's called a trip. And it's Pac-Man leaving home, and he sets out on an adventure, goes through, I think, four different themed levels, and then, like, drops a fairy off at with her mom or whatever. It goes to an island of fairies and, and drops a fairy off. And then you get to work your way back home, and the music changes. Ah! <laughs> I'm tearing my... Oh. So, 
Yeah, so you, you run the four oh. stages forward, then you run them backward, and then the next day begins, and it's trip two, and now you go through four slightly different stages, and then the, the further you get in, the more the stages start to swap out, and you get different things. There's stuff later on where, like, Pac-Man has, like, a flashlight, and you're, like, behind a wall and only have, like, a narrow cone of vision where you can see what's in front of you. So, in, in, in going through it, thinking about our specific criteria here... It is kind of prettier and more innovative mm. than Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, but Super Mario Brothers is just way more fun. It's way more fun, palatable, and like Pac-Man's power-ups are idiocy. Hmm. They suck, and they're like holdovers from his former genre. Whereas Mario's are new in Super Mario, new Super Mario Brothers. Like yeah. none of that existed before. No, you never have never ate mushrooms to get big and touched a flower to throw fireballs. Right. And if you think about it. You know, oh, Pac-Land looks so much better than Super Mario Brothers, despite coming out the year before. You can look at Super Mario Brothers as like an early version of Nintendo saying, graphics ain't shit. Kind of. Yeah. Like, this is going to set the tone for the next 30 years, Kinda. 40 years. I, I was, yeah. you know, was relating that story to someone, like, why Mario have a mustache? And like, because it was, he was too small to draw a mouth on, but they wanted to give him some definition to his face. So trying to draw a smile looked like a mustache. But then you look at Pac-Man sprites in Pac-Land and like, what? <laughs> How could you not draw uh, facial well, that, features? that was a few years. You, you, that, that thing about Mario's mustache was from 1981. Oh, that's true. Donkey Kong. This is true. Kong, yeah. And then the, mush, the mustache just became part of his branding because he's Italian. But he's it? way less detailed and part of like what they emphasize through hiding things with pixels allows them to do shit a lot faster and focus on other things. So mm. it is it is a... Super Mario Brothers is an amazing design feat where it looks like if you had a machine that could play the original Pac-Man, it would chug because it is kind of over overextending itself, hmm. kind of like a like a like a very new piece of hardware. But I wish there was like a documentary about like the discovery of the side scroller style and hmm. like because that would like the next two era of games are defined by that genre and that Pac-Man stumbled upon it first is not only interesting. I think it's equally interesting it, that Pac-Man the side scroller sucks. Pac-Man, <laughs> even though he did it first, couldn't escape the single screen game where I don't think people would accept Mario returning mm. to its single. Pl I know I don't like Donkey Kong versus uh, Mario games. But I don't you like, like Donkey Kong ninety four. I love Donkey Kong ninety four and the first mm -hmm. Donkey Kong Mario. The diminishing returns after that, but like Nintendo would never do that. Whereas like uh, they, I don't think they've. They, they, not in the last 15 years have they bothered to revisit the side-scroller with Pac-Man, even though it is the innovator. It is the pioneer. It did it mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you count, uh, was it Pac-Man 2 and Pac-In-Time, like, those were sort of... Matt, were we playing Pac-In-Time? That was a really painful experience. It was supposed to be bad. It is a really bad game. Yeah. Well, I, I would even say the other Pac-Man platformers kind of took a step backwards like i'm not a fan of pack world like with the whole items right. and stuff like that like i was trying to play it in that collection i was like this is not a fun experience like it was almost like they, they saw what mario did with the power-ups fire flower and stuff and like well we have mm. to give pac-man that and it's like no you don't he has a pellet that lets him eat his enemies just yeah. do that that's, that's all, all you, you fucking need that's to all do awatani-san that to make it even weirder he claimed he talked to miyamoto and miyamoto said he saw the game and was clearly inspired by it uh, hmm. 
I couldn't find a quote of Miyamoto saying that. He just said that, like, I like their sky. And they do come out, like, within a few months of one another. Yes, that is arcade development time, kind of, back in the day. But it seems like that's not enough time to, like, see a game and rip it off wholesale, you know? Yeah. Uh, th- there there had to be something going on. They had to have stumbled upon this genre, or this, yeah, this this genre somehow, some way. Yeah. Before Pac-Land. Pac-Land is doing stuff with the backgrounds that you don't see until later Nintendo games. Like, there's like a city level. Yep. That's like, it looks like something out of like one of the bad Simpsons games or even like <laughs> yeah. Mario 3. You're like, wow, that's really advanced for, for oh, when yeah, that yes, came Matt, out. Yes, Matt, he's wearing a feather hat because he is like a Nor- Norwegian mountaineer. They, hmm. they gave him a, like a Pinocchio nose in some of the art too. He's yes. got like a longer yeah, yeah, nose than yeah, Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to it's imagine like, that was a... To make some in between between the Hanna Barbera one and, and to keep an original design, because I don't know when he got the long nose, but uh, it wasn't in the first couple arcade games. Yeah, and he, and he yeah. shed he, he shed it since then, hasn't he? Pac Man doesn't do the long nose anymore. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's got a little. He round should nose. never have a nose. That's true. It's like having a pizza that just has like a huge thing of crust sticking off the side. Oh yeah, like, sorry. Wow. Yes, or he is just Pinocchio. Sorry. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably move along to a different early 80s. You can't do another 30 minutes on Pac-Land? No! Game I hate? Number four. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, yeah, you you thought of these because I was trying to think of a precursor for Street Fighter Mm 2. Other than Street Fighter 1, which... Really, yeah. it does not count. It's, well, it's so odd that, that doesn't count There are count people at all. <laughs> who would who would argue that Ye Are Kung Fu is the precursor to Street Fighter. I would argue I had never heard of that game until I was into my 20s. Uh, it made no impact in the U.S. Instead, we have Karate Champ. Right. Karate Champ was a fucking sensation in, like, the mid-80s. Uh, one of the best-selling computer games of its time. And it's... So simple in retrospect. Like, did you guys get to play this of back course. in the day? I, I was. Sh- yeah. I remember being shocked yeah. to discover it after Street Fighter Two became an arcade sensation in 1992. That somehow this made it back into arcades. Like it got dusted off or boards got reinserted because mm. people wanted that one-on-one fighting experience. And that this game did it so much earlier. But yeah. like, oh, I, I think the reality was there was always an appetite for this. But the big hang-up was always buttons. Mm. The home console mm-hmm. experience. Like, Atari had one-on-one lightsaber duels, as Baker brought on. But it's rudimentary and hard to do anything too intricate, where it's mostly, like, either twitch reflexes or random, whether you win or not. Whereas Karate yeah. Champ had a different thing going for it. It had two sticks. Yeah. Which which I didn't even remember until I started researching this. It had two sticks, and by combining different directional and attack inputs you you could do like all kinds yeah. of cool moves and to do executing these moves let you score exactly one point or or a half point rather it, it was like tournament rules yeah yeah sweep the leg so that's that, that's a match in so it's just the first one to score a hit gets a point yeah. or a half point and I think you, the first one to two and a half points wins wins the round, and then two out of three rounds, and then that's it's the... it's all footsies and like mm-hmm. all of these techniques people use in fighting games today, or like it's very bushido blade. It's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. one touch. 
But you know how I remember that it had dual sticks? Chris knows exactly what I'm thinking of. What, jerking off There's two guys at the same time? <laughs> well, that. Oh. That plus a scene in a certain movie we've streamed together. This game is featured prominently in Bloodsport when oh, Frank right. Dukes is oh, playing wow. fucking Ogre in the arcades. And all I can remember is like Ogre holding both these giant hands holding both of those joysticks, trying, you know, basically not really yeah, doing real moves. But I'm like, Bloodsport. It's amazing. Bloodsport in general being a massive uh, uh, influence on fighters in general. I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and the Pit Fighter people especially should be very honest. Yeah. I think oh, Mortal, yes. Mortal Kombat was originally conceived as a Bloodsport yeah. licensed game. Yes. That, that's why so, Van Damme is the skin for um, Johnny Cage in the mm-hmm. upcoming game. Yeah. 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 That, that's that's it coming back around full circle. So like you can literally, literally you could fight Evil Guile <laughs> in the game mm-hmm. now. Thank God. <laughs> yes. No, but, but this concept of like a one-on-one fighting game and now, granted, this one had points, not health bars, but, like, yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think, like, the the first big one that redefined it, it took until Street Fighter 2. Like, bef- you know, and then, of course, it started this whole craze where every other game in arcades was one of these, right? Some of which the series it, it, are still around to this day. It's true, but, like, it, it's – we were joking um, about volcano buttons, but, like, if uh, you took a kid now in an arcade, like – why do I have to select one or two player? I'm like, because that was part of the beauty of arcade. Two people yeah. wanted to play against one another, and the only way to... And you'd still have to select two player, even though almost every game was wait your turn, then you play, and then you look at a score, and that's the only way you can compare your skills. Yeah. Arcades were dying for a way to for people to face off together more. Because well, interesting mm-hmm. twice the quarters and half the time. Yeah, interesting thing I found out about this is that the version of Karate Champ that we got was the second one. It was called mm. Karate Champ Player versus Player because originally this was just a one-player game wow. released in Japanese arcades. And if you look at it, like, so Karate Champ, the one that we know, mm-hmm. has, like, all these cool, fantastical backgrounds, like you're fighting on a log, you're fighting on some cliffs, you're fighting under an aqueduct or something. Karate Champ, the original one, was just like you're fighting in a dojo, and then you get to fight professionally in a stadium. Although in both versions, you get bonus rounds where you have to, like, duck flower pots or punch charging bulls in the face. And it it also sounds a bit different. I'm not sure if this is due to the emulation or just this is how this original version sounded in English for some reason, even though it was only in uh, Japan. And the crowd goes wild. Oh, is that a crowd? I thought the camera zoomed in on his eyes and everything went in slow-mo. <laughs> so, so working in an audio format every week, like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how many times that has gone through a compressor to get it, the, the audio to sound like that. It's insane. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I've, you know, they, they had to literally make it into maybe not even kilobytes, like maybe just bytes for mm-hmm. some of those samples. Like that's what they had to work with because chips was expensive. Yeah. Well, interesting you should say that because the NES version of Karate Champ, legendarily bad game, but mm. they did manage to get a lot of voice samples in there, which was really rare in like 1986. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it sounded great for the time. 
Wish they would have spent that memory on, I don't know, animation frames yeah, or something animation like frames or hit detection or just being fun at all. Uh, well, like, like, that's one thing. Like, you were you were sending us gifts of this title. And I'm like, God, the animation. It's like Prince of Persia level, like, almost looks rotoscoped. You're oh, like, yeah. it's, it's amazing for the time. It's like, wow, there are so many frames in that animation. Like, games did not do that back then. No. You know? And then, Go play the game Kung Fu on, on your NES, and it's hurp, like, hurp. the kick is like two frames. It's like a stand, mm-hmm. and then a kick, and then that's it. All you, you can know, imagine it's... is some, like, Japanese nerd at Data East, like, doing a jump kick in the mirror and trying to program it from memory. Poor guy. <laughs> didn't, have a, didn't have a good camera. Yeah. But, like, yeah, and Karate Champ sort of made me think of, like, remember what Star Wars, the Force in Star Wars was like before you know, Force Unleashed and Marvel Cinematic Universe and all these things kept upping the ante for what superpowers mm. should look like. Like, this was yes. before Street Fighter, you know, built the expectation that, like, martial artists should be able to throw fireballs and tear off each other's heads. This is just very technical. Like, yes, we're, we're going to do this move the way it's actually done, and when it connects, your opponent will just crumple up into a ball and a judge will say, good job. Point. Half point. Whatever. It's uh, yeah. yeah it, it's, fall down or die. One point. No, you're you're not you're not you know destroying your enemy's health bar until they're knocked unconscious. It's just you know first touch, basically. Um, so I imagine it's probably what an actual karate tournament is a lot like, especially when kids are involved and it's not Cobra Kai the series. Why do I get this confused? It, it, same people who made Karnov, right? Data yes. East, yeah. Was there I don't know mo- if it was the same developer. Was there a mode publisher. in Karnov where you could, like, fight one another? Or was he added to, like, a rudimentary fighting game? He was added to Fighter's History, actually. The okay, famous game what... that Capcom sued over. Okay. So, but was, yeah. He, could, he was in one of these pre-Street Fighter 2 Data East one-on-one fighting games. I could be wrong. So I, I Bad think... Dudes might be what you're thinking of. Hmm. He was a boss in Bad Dudes. Maybe that really might be it. God, I, yeah. my brain sucks. <laughs> well, uh, and yeah, the, the thing that knocked this out, obviously, is Street Fighter, which came out, like, the very first Street Fighter came out, like, I think a couple years after this, and had much bigger, more detailed characters, much cooler, flashier moves, and instead of, you know, a second stick, it came out with, like, those two right. gigantic buttons that you would have to smash and if you were a little kid, you had no strength for those things. Um, and then I, I saw later cabinets that just replaced it with like the six buttons uh, that Street Fighter Two had. But again, it was it was an it an input problem mm-hmm. where things had to devolve to work themselves out because everybody's trying to replace all these move sets with a second joystick yeah. and pressure sensitive buttons, and the answer was just six buttons, man, six buttons. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why no one was doing it on console because like we all played. WrestleMania and pro wrestling and all those one-on-one fighters. And there's like kind of a limit to how good you can be or how many times you can fight a friend like that. There's not a lot of variety in what you can pull off mm-hmm. yeah, like in a one-on-one experience. So like it, it yeah. just, it's just so weird that inputs were like kind of what hampered the ultimate two on two fighting game experience or one-on-one yeah. and, fighting game experience. And, and why was mm-hmm. that so difficult? Like just add buttons. Why is that hard to add buttons? It's, it's, it's what arcade cabinets are. They're buttons. It, it's, it's hard, but like you could easily see it being a gimmick, like they, mm-hmm. a sign that would come with a machine saying this has experienced six buttons. But mm-hmm. I don't know this for certain, but like it is fun to read about arcade history. Cause there's always some bean counter. 
who doesn't want to install more shit on any machine. So if the answer is more buttons, most people will squash that at the development stage. Hmm. Uh, potentially. That would triple our button budget. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) But it was such an elegant system that when you think about it, it's like the three and three design. Like, yeah, light, light, medium, heavy punch, light, medium, heavy kick. That's all you need. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes combine buttons for holes. Yeah, I was saying earlier this week how much I love the Sega Saturn controller because I love my base button being the center lower B because I can hit every other button in conjunction with that with one thumb. And and Mm -hmm. I was feel like I was. You know, I was uh, proven right years later with the fight pad. Uh, if you can't get mm. a fight stick, yes, you get a fight pad. Yeah, I personally am holding out hope for a resurgence of the Duke with the black and white buttons, but only mm. the uh, the pill shaped ones. Those are <laughs> yeah, it was like a reverse Saturn so controller. <laughs> They're like, we have two other buttons. They're not shaped like the others. They yeah. don't feel as good when you press them. They're only for playing Othello. And and well, and what person wants to be in their house shouting at a friend of the new game soul? Hit black! Hit white! Yeah. No one wants to hear so, that coming from out so, their house. So that makes me think, like, so every Nintendo controller is basically designed around one game, usually a Mario game. What the hell was the Xbox controller? The the original Xbox controller design. Halo. That's all I can think of. Halo. Except I think they there's did no, something there's in no Halo. black or white function in Halo. Right. Like, that, that's all I can think of, man. Like what else yeah. could it have been? I Fusion mean, Frenzy? I don't know. I don't I don't see color like that, oh, Michael, so yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't even know what Fair the function enough. is in Halo. All right. Well that's a good place <laughs> to move along to. Number three. In the planning phases. Good. Oh, no, I know what this is. Like, what is it? Oh, wait a second. The guitar. The machine's not done praising me yet, but go ahead. I hear the guitar. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, uh, yeah, yes. Um, which guitar game is this that's the precursor to Guitar Freaks! Yeah, Guitar Freaks. <laughs> Created by Konami, uh, uh, and which just just astonishing how they had their thunder stolen. Like they didn't yeah. even come out with like a, well, not in the West and not on home consoles. They didn't come out like you don't want to follow up your mega fr- mega franchise, make a best of, put out a peripheral during all this. No, okay, fine. It happened to them twice though, because if you think about yeah. it, like dance DDR. Sort of got overtaken by Just Dance and those other dance games later on. Is that a future entry on this list? Or? No. Well, I mean, I, I would say that DDR is still very iconic and yeah. kind of scratches yes. a different itch from, from it Just does. Dance. It does. Yeah. Guys. But, it, but as I, dance games, go, like when you think dance game, the first thing mm-hmm. that comes to my mind is Just Dance, not DDR. Well, DDR is I mean, like a different thing. Because so. Just Dance added a no-cost, no-pad solution hmm. to the DDR experience. The people There are still people out there who have never played Just Dance and love DDR, and there are a lot of them. And I had the luxury uh, a weekend or two ago of moving a DD, a real DDR machine. Ooh. I think it's like 9,000 fucking pounds. Damn. Holy shit. I can believe it. So so to kind of tie you know, my reference to dancing games and guitar games together, did you know that one of the first things Red Octane, the company that eventually made Guitar Hero and then got bought by Activision and they you know, did the Guitar Hero thing... Yeah. What was one of the first products they made, other than the video game rental service that I was a member of back before Gamefly? Wait, really? They made a DDR dance pad. Like, that's really? how they got into the oh, hardware wow. business. And that's what taught them everything they needed to know so they could eventually go produce a 
guitar controller, you know. But um, yeah, so they there were ties with Konami even then. But oh. like I. I didn't play Guitar Freaks. How did it differ from Guitar Hero with so the controller guitar, setup and stuff like guitar that? Guitar Freaks had three fret buttons <clears throat> instead of five. From what I've read, I've, I've never actually had a chance to play it. It's less forgiving than Guitar Hero was. It's also interesting to find out that, I guess, Working Designs, which uh, was like a big porting house for anime yeah. games back in the day, they were trying to bring this to the PS2, but there was some patent issue with the guitar controller, and that they couldn't makes make way it more sense. work. Yeah, because mm. why wouldn't you just fucking port this as soon as possible with plastic you have already molded? Yeah, exactly. I don't. And, I don't know. I don't. Oh. Well, they Konami let Red Octane beat them to the punch, and the rest is history. And that's why Guitar Hero is more synonymous with guitar yeah. games than Guitar Freaks. Although he, well, here, get, yeah, here it is certainly Guitar Freaks does yeah. did a lot of interesting things. Uh, like so, it's part of the the Bemani Beatmania universe, and yes. it it evolved into a game called uh, Guitarora, which is mm -hmm. you know Guitar Freaks and Drum Mania, and you could have like a Drum Mania machine, you could have a Guitar Freaks machine, or you could have multiple machines and link them together so that up to three players could jump in at once, like two on guitar, one on drums. And mm. uh, produce so so rock band basically yeah produce masterpieces yeah. like this. I I, I feel like my parents it goes on my parents' head every time I show them a modern cartoon <laughs> on television. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I, I just love how peppy Japanese punk is. That it's it's all so very upbeat and fun. Yes, and, and uh, not very uh, uh, what would you call it? Subversive. Eh, that's true. And, <laughs> I mean, I can't understand the lyrics. Maybe they are. That that's called lovely merry-go-round, though. So it's, ah, it's that's probably yeah, yeah a little very, more poppy, very divisive. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it references but, but that, a, a dark period in Japan's history. That's it, it, it's <laughs> when there were merry-go-rounds. It'll always be fascinating to me how like and they were lovely. the reason one of the reasons Konami let you know Activision eat their lunch on this mm -hmm. was to because uh, uh, they're this is a good uh, an arcade-led thing and. If anything, yes. even back then, the bet of Rock Band and Guitar Hero seemed like a fucking fool's errand because this is a social thing you want to do with multiple people. Why wouldn't you do this in arcades? Yeah, it, it, like you're ba that's basically what you're doing. Is, well, yeah. you know, like with any guitar game, you have a home version so that you can get good on your own time without pumping in a bunch of quarters, and then yeah, you go to the arcades and show what, what off that... your skills. I well, don't know what I'm, that scene is like in, in Japan. I think, like, that's just... A home board um, is, like, icing on the cake, whereas, like, the arcade stuff is still the bread and butter. It's, the, so, it's so what it's evolved there. into... I, I mean, having just been there in the arcades, like, it is now the rhythm machines, uh, and I know Sega makes some of these, um, it's like a big... Think of, like, a big circle drum pad where you're kind of tapping around this light circle as the beats come down the note track oh, right. yes, towards you. That. Like, that's the big thing. And then, of course, the Tyco machines mm -hmm. are still huge there because people love banging on drums. I can tell you why it's much harder, though. Like, why Guitar Hero did an arcade port. I think it was Raw Thrills yes. license it. Um, I worked on that, and I can tell you, like, the materials needed for that guitar to ensure the machine didn't yeah. break down every day and lose money yes. it's 
It's like airplane steel, like industrial yeah. grade. The guitar was so fucking heavy, and it had to be because they're like, "Look, we this can't break. We, you know, operators will not buy this game if it's constantly breaking down." And so it's like you basically had to strap like a twenty pound metal guitar onto your body, and that's. But and those things are built out on, to last. They, they, they test it out on they, members of the Who just to see, make mm-hmm. sure, because you know people are going to like smash it up against the machine, and you'll be yes. happy to know, Matt. Like as I've lightly delved into like arcade restoration of all the modern let's call it a modern arcade machine even though it might be like 15 years old that's beloved in the arcade community as like a solid ass system that delivers the perfect arcade experience because it's basically guitar hero 3 it's like most of the music from 3 and then in this industrial shell you know like kind of with custom lights and stuff like it's it's a it's a good-looking machine. Yeah. Listen yeah. to Paducan, because like, Adam will always astound me with information like that, because that's the kind of thing that will still make a fuck-ton of money if you put it in your chicken wing restaurant. Speaking of Dude. chicken wings, that's the other thing I can take credit for at my time at Guitar Hero. Someone posted something in the Laser Time community the other day. It was the KFC Guitar Hero meal, and they're like, oh, oh man. man, I just want to go back there. And I was like, I'm partially responsible for that. <laughs> like, I... You're partially responsible for someone's nostalgia. It was, a, it was delicious. Mm. KFC is delicious. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Popeye, Guitar man. Freaks and Konami had its thunder stolen twice here, kind of, because they, mm-hmm. they Guitar Hero beat them to market in the U.S. And then, they, do you remember Rock Revolution? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they yeah, basically yeah. tried to yes. market their own answer to Rock Band with their specialized uh, drum set. Even though the home yes. version looked like a machine that they, like, Teach gorillas to sign with. Hit, hit the. I mean, there was button. also there was things like Guitaru Man or Um Jammer Lammy, where it's like there was other guitar games, but none this strict, you know, as as a music game. And a part a part of me wonders if the genre would have grown a little more if you could if they would have been a little more leeway with what controller you could use on what thing. If you sort of standardize one of those right. controllers, mm-hmm. but I, I think maybe, part of it was like this is easy to develop. It's hard to get the music rights, but we want to sell you seventy dollars worth of plastic. Or maybe if Bobby Kotick wasn't quoted as literally saying we plan on exploiting this franchise as much True. as possible publicly, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. it's a good quote. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing all the way to his Moneyball cameo. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, let's move along to number two. a puppet show game what the hell is uh-huh. that it sounded like monster crashing show. through a window and smacking a dame apparently um, I'm, I'm guessing this is alone in the dark this is, is alone in the dark uh, yeah, and I, I, I am actually my experience is similar to michael on this because uh my mom always got shitty pcs through like in-flight magazines or credit card points mm-hmm. never a brand you'd recognize and not a fucking thing would run on our first Windows PC. Not a fucking thing. Except for Pac-Land. That was the other game oh, I God. played mostly <laughs> on PC, and that's why I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alone Alone in the Dark 1 and 3 would, pretty perfectly. Hmm. And I, I remember when Resident Evil came out, and I'm like, this, this is, I don't get it. Like, you haven't seen this before? 
Like, yeah. Alone in the Dark did this years ago. What are you Everybody's doing? acting like this is revolutionary and like, yeah, it's a lot faster and it looks a ton better. Yeah, a guy's holding his gun out and rubbing on walls as opposed to like, like craning his head back like a cartoon Yeah, yeah, do, doing that bizarre mustache. run with the big arms and the, the giant mustache. It's very silly. And uh, yeah, I, I had forgotten that like when you don't have, like you can use swords and guns in Alone in the Dark. When you don't have a weapon, you can just hold down a button to go into a martial arts stance and try to punch and kick your way out. And the punch is not really a punch. It's more like a slap. And, uh, yeah, it's... Slap some beans, couldn't, baby. Let's mm-hmm, go. They couldn't, mm-hmm. they couldn't render a fist animation. No. <laughs> <laughs> just had to keep a... Yeah, that... This was the first time, like, horror games, I feel like, had good story. Because I, I was playing that Atari 50th collection the mm. other day, and I I was playing Haunted House. Mm. And I totally had... It, it just blanked in my memory that I played a shit ton of that game really? as a kid. Oh, wow. And didn't... I think one of my neighbors had it, and I was, you know... Like, I forgot in Haunted House, like... You're in the pitch black, basically, and you have your like little candle, and that's the only way to find and see things in there. But it wasn't really scary at all. But like these games were like cinematic horror in a way of like, yeah, we're we're planning jump scares in this game, you know, stuff that like other games had never, never really done before. I think Alone in the Dark, though, they've had several tonal shifts over the life of this series. Oh, right? absolutely. Like sometimes, and like two yeah. reboots. Uh, so Alone in the Dark, that that very first one is it's set in, I believe the 1920s and like the first resident evil it's set in a single house and also like the first resident evil you could pick from one of two characters you could be this woman whose name i'm blanking on emily hartwood the attorney's letter came as a deep shock to me my uncle jeremy had died by his own hand the coroner's report was unequivocal he hanged himself in the loft. Initial surprise and distress passed. I considered the news. It seemed clear that Dersetto had exercised a thoroughly morbid influence on my uncle's mind. So, yeah, my word. Em- Emily Hartwood is. Uh, you could you can play as her and investigate her uncle's suicide, or you can play. As a private investigator, Edward Carnby, who's hired to investigate. I've been reading up on the history of the old house. It's the kind of place ghosts run away from in terror. Grisly murders, curses, lunacy. (laughs) Luckily, devil worship makes me smile. So this is my idea of a paid vacation. You know, so. listening to that voice, I can kind of see why they had David Harbour in mind for that role. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a similarity. But, like, the the character model is kind of infamous because he's this, like, skinny, lanky dude with a little bow tie and a gigantic fucking mustache yeah. that takes up most of his face that they got rid of in the sequels. He, he looks like the first guy uh, you would beat if Punch-Out came out in the 1920s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> And 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 but it just it's really fun to look at because it's got the re- it's not only got the Resident Evil fixed camera view mm-hmm. the original three Resident Evil fixed camera views it uh, it's a, the same atmosphere for the most yeah. part it's a little it's a little more Lovecraftian yeah. which makes it yeah. in my opinion worse mm. uh, <laughs> it's just for more foreboding yeah well and but then there there are long stretches where like you know. It's it's just dread and nothing happens and then like yeah a, a wolf creature will jump in through a window at you 
And it's also neat because, like, if you know where the monsters are going to be coming from, sometimes you have an opportunity. Like, I'm going to push a uh, chest of drawers in front of that window, and now nothing can come through. Um, but, yeah, yeah, there's also, like, weird shit. Like, oh, there's, like, a gargoyle guarding the stairs, and you have to find this book to throw at him or something like that. Uh, you, can't, you can't just defeat him by normal means. There's uh, puzzles where you have to, like, you know, play a, play a record of dance macabre and get all these phantoms to dance around a ballroom. It's, it's sort of strange. And then like the sequels, the next two sequels kind of had like, we're not going to do Lovecraftian horror. Now it's going to be zombies, but intelligent zombies, like just undead people who are scheming and being mobsters and pirates and cowboys. Yeah, and then have a real estate scam. Yeah. And then there was Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, I think around 2000, which was like on Dreamcast and PlayStation. And it's like, it, now we're going to rip off Resident Evil even more and uh, have like monsters that are killed by light. And then there was uh, the... Not unlike Pac-Man World, hmm. it totally aped the thing that aped it. Yeah, it, right. It yeah, it's, and it ate Nightmare on Elm Street with that title, that subtitle, mm-hmm. the new Nightmare. Yeah. Like it, uh... Although that that weirdly is like one of the games Nintendo decided to put on the Switch online service Game Boy Collection. Like why? What? Why the Game Boy Color version of Alone in the Dark, the new Nightmare? That is such a weird the, choice. There is no. We, one day we have to do a show or talk about that. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to the games chosen for that Nintendo online service. Yeah. Like, it is so random. It's just like, like, there's a lot of ones I recognize, and there's others I'm like, what? I don't. Mortal? Oh. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, why? And there was a god awful Uva Bowl movie that spawned a series of Ugh. movies that I still haven't seen based on Alone in the Dark. And then there was the reboot. They came a few years later on play on like PS3 or 360, and it it did some cool things and had like a really cool soundtrack. But then like uh, I think there was just like some inventory management issues. It's like this is really not fun to play, and then they fixed it on PS3. But that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. It, it, it felt like there were two different versions of the same. There, game. there were there were there were actually three different versions. There was. One on 360 and PC, there was one on Wii and PS2 that was totally different. And then there was the PS3 version, which came out later and basically fixed a bunch of problems with the first version. So mm. at the, I'm just saying, Michael, at the time, I was like, of course you revisit Alone in the Dark. I remember that series. Mm-hmm. And as we covered it and as we moved forward and you mentioned how excited you were for the demo last week, I'm like, Michael, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't about do this, this to yourself. At all. Yeah, no. Like, no, well, this, is, the neat, this is like sub-Cubert. The neat thing about that demo is it ha- it packs like a bunch of classic Alone in the Dark references like into the first minute that like, you know, the little girl you're playing as is like painting this paper mache mask and she holds it up and she's like, I'm going to put a big mustache on this. And it's like the, the first game's Edward Carnby, but like rendered in angular paper mache and... Her room is the little girl's room from Alone in the Dark 2, etc., etc. It's neat. But, yeah, this game got basically wiped off the map repeatedly by Resident Evil. I'm looking at the reason. The first Alone in the Dark, at least, never hit consoles if it wasn't the FM Towns. Yeah, or the 3DO. I think it was on 3DO. (laughs) 3DO. I hit the 3DO. So, yes, if you had $750, please enjoy Alone in the Dark (laughs) 25 years ago. I I think the thing this series really needs is... um, a differentiator like what makes this different than resident Evil? like a worse resident evil like they kind of need to unfortunately even though they were first they need to go back to the well and be like what's our 
if cool thing or cool well, feature. That's you know? what kind of what the reboot is, and what they came up with is insanity and the 1920s. I mean, I, I think sadly, so eternal darkness. <laughs> it's eternal. <laughs> <laughs> what what defined this series? By the way, Guinness and Book of World Harper. Record winner for first 3D horror shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, that is is that it was first static backgrounds 3D it's fixed camera it is exactly Resident Evil and the things that defined it aren't going to help sell it in the future nope the 1920s setting the character like it it just can't move forward and you can't Uh, outspend Resident Evil at this point like they're going to their budgets are going to be twice as large as yours so you got to think of a different thing yeah think of a gimmick so I mean I didn't play the demo but I saw it in like I saw Michael post it and like I just said, hey, man, it's over. It's over. <laughs> it is over. You won't get this back. Mm-hmm. You, you, the, like a ball was fumbled and it's nobody's fault. Because it, like they hired screenwriters to make a very palatable narrative in a time when people didn't really do that in games. Especially like the fledgling area of 3D games. It, it, it deserves all those innovative accolades, but it didn't do anything to define itself after that. Who like owns this? I can't even think of the publisher of Alone in the Dark. Well, it was it was Atari slash Infograms for the longest time. I'm not sure who it is now. I think they were just publishing. Like I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things like Terminator. Whoever pays money to publish. I mean, this no, it was it was Infograms like back in the day. Oh, like, it was Infograms. They, the they had that one. armadillo. It's probably Embracer. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, Embracer. this seems like an Embracer project. Yeah. yeah. When in doubt, getting a reboot, it's Embracer. Probably. <laughs> well, um, THQ Nordic, which is Embracer. Uh, yep, yep, there we go. THQ. <laughs> Confirmed. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. This this one, I think, might have the biggest cultural impact of all of these. Uh, people are speaking in German and getting lit the fuck up. What is this? Wolfenstein. No, no. this is a uh, this is Medal of Honor. Yep. Um, which, I mean, you, you know, Wolfenstein, I guess, was the first World War II shooter I can remember at mm. least. But no, the, the, if you like, okay, go back to when Medal of Honor was popular. Like, if you would have told me that that series would have taken not only like second fiddle but like third or fourth fiddle to yeah. call of duty one day i was like i would have been like oh no way this is huge steven spielberg was involved at one point yeah. as, as a he, producer he created on the series it. yeah and it was yeah. after saving private ryan and i think there was like a real hunger like people saw that omaha beach shit and yeah. there's like why when can this be translated into a video game experience and so spielberg is like i'm gonna try to make a realistic World War II shooter to, to to bring it to a new generation, and so the first and he, and he turns he turns to the biggest publisher in the world mm-hmm. at that point, EA, yeah. yep. who is willing to spend the money on an experiment just to be able to say we made this game with Steven Spielberg. It's one of the few times I remember someone's name like that being on the box. Yeah, yeah, I forget that EA owned that because they eventually mm-hmm. yeah. did their own Call of Duty with Battlefield, right? Like, a, like yeah, it's it's crazy that they have, yeah, two like which. Battlefield and Call of Duty were always so different. 
And now they have to compete for like the same in the same space. Mm-hmm. Which was first actually was Call of Duty after the first Battlefield? Yeah, Call of Duty came out after Battlefield 1942 for sure. Okay. Yeah, Call, Call of Duty what I remember is my friends with really beefy PCs. The demo came out and like, they were look at the always, lighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were tech Look at the squad command. It's all the things you don't associate with the game necessarily now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Medal of Honor for years cuz I think Call of Duty comes out right around the time as Allied Assault, which is like this crazy high point for Medal of Honor. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So so Call of Duty was fighting against the, it, the the pioneer at its height. So I don't remember in my world like it did not have the same mind share at all. Call of yeah, Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty was like we're going to it's it's going to be an even more cinematic and mature uh, approach to World War II mm-hmm. um than than Medal of Honor. And yeah, Medal of Honor was interesting because it started off as you know, we can't do large-scale battles, so it's going to be about a single commando/spy and to to pull this off, we're going to introduce the OSS. Good morning, Lieutenant. I'm Colonel Hargrove from the Office of Strategic Services. I'll get right to the point. The OSS was formed two years ago by presidential order to serve as the intelligence branch of the United States military. Our mission is anything and everything. Espionage, sabotage, subversion, search and rescue, you name it, we do it. Now, from time to time, we recruit people from outside of the regular ranks especially if they've got a particular skill we need, like you. Uh, so OSS, of course, you know, popularized espionage, and then the, the CIA did it better, and now the CIA is the one that uh, everybody pays attention to. It, 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 it just I'm making a joke about the theme of the show, but uh, the OSS was a precursor to the CIA. So you did things that you did not do in most other World War II shooters, which were you know primarily about wreaking havoc and killing Nazis, uh, this one made you go undercover. Sir, I need to see some identification. Sorry, sir. Have a good night. Yeah. Stuff it, you Nazi asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so polite. And, no one ever says yeah, that. And, and then, like you said, Allied Assault and also uh, Frontline on consoles. We finally got Omaha Beach and Allied Assault for PC. It was much bigger and Frontline for PS2 was smaller, but they compensated by making it a bit more cinematic. Yeah. Like this was yeah. this was arguably the series high point right here. Totally. Patterson! Over here! Get over here! We've got a hell of a mess here! That artillery strike scattered what's left of our squad all over the beach! Four of our boys over there! Help them move up the beach to the seawall! Damn it! I'll give you some covering fire. Now move out. Yeah, that kind of that that may have originated actually the the standard shooter single player format of like, all right, grunt, I'm gonna yell orders at you, and now you go and do the thing, and you follow the waypoint, and you run around uh, while I stand here and give you covering fire, and you watch your friends get sawed in half, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're all given. Mm-hmm. Names you can visibly see, so you know they're real people. Yeah. I mean, these two games aren't, or they're far from the only World War II games, because there were oh, yeah, so fun. many that copied Medal of Honor. Oh, yeah. Like, there was, do you guys remember Men of Valor, which was a Vivendi oh, game? Mm-hmm. Brothers there was in com- Arms. Brothers yeah. in Arms series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were so many, and then eventually most of them died off, and, and kind of the one 
that remained standing was was Call of Duty, and it you know still going to this I day. Think... And again, it, it, it kind of like it, previous entries on this list, like then Call of Duty sort of did its modern warfare thing, and that's how we got. Beard of Honor. Remember, like the the, yes. the yes. Medal of Honor game with yeah. the big beard. Me- Medal beard of Honor at at one point decided, like, okay, I think I think the big the last big hurrah for World War Two was uh, Airborne, where the the big selling point was like the last levels in the game will be these flakturms, the the flak towers, which were these gigantic impregnable Nazi fortresses that you have to airdrop into, and those are real, by the way. A lot of them are still standing today because they were so sturdily built. Uh, it's actually more expensive to tear them down than it is to just repurpose them. Um, but then, yeah, Call of Duty 4 got big, and then we had just 2010's Medal of Honor. And that's mm-hmm. it was just named Medal of Honor. It had that beard, dude. And then... And I, I remember I got in trouble because I played the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, this has always been World War II and called Medal of Honor... And this stars a bunch of broy guys slaughtering a shitload of innocent and underarmed people yep. to steal a hard drive. Like you're committing I don't war think, crimes here. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't think that's the exact same thing. Is we don't associate that with a Medal of Honor like we do with World War II people. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, and I had one veteran friend come in, like, no, I see what he's saying. Like that's not exactly the same thing. The Medal of Honor was ascribed to a series where. All of these people would have won the Medal of Honor in this real world situation. Yes, right. It's and, and Call of Duty at least is a little more, heroes. you know, uh, what are you malleable? <laughs> yeah, it's like we're gonna we're gonna show the gray morality of war. Yeah, of modern wars, yeah, right? I mean, especially, especially of modern yeah. wars. And then then there was Medal of Honor Warfighter, which great name, by the way. You know, um, you know what I really attribute to Call of Duty's utter dominance, other than modern warfare, which its importance and legacy cannot be uh, understated, but like. You know, as games press, we were excited for Modern Warfare when we saw it. Like the first true 60 frame a second uh, FPS on consoles. But do you remember what Activision did after they announced that? Hmm. They released $20 Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 as like weirdo greatest hits titles for Hmm. a system that had only been out for like eight months. Wow. Uh, Ports of all the Call of Duty games. Inexpensive and cheap. And I just remember talking to friends like that, you know, who weren't still into gaming, but like not reading shit and just, yeah, I bought all, I played all the Call of Duty games on Xbox 360 and like, how? <laughs> how? Like most of them were released before the 360 existed. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, two, they two the released smart... with the 360. And, yes. and then I think one got a remaster later on in the 360's lifespan. Oh, I think, but two, oh. and, two and three were out like with, for very cheap. Mm, yeah. uh, when the 360 didn't have a lot going for it, and Medal Honor did no such thing. Uh, it, it it didn't have. Remember, like it, Modern Warfare is out, and they're like, "We made a paratrooper game. <laughs> you jump out of a plane in yeah. World War II, and like uh, we just told you, we're tired yeah, of this." So when I was talking about Airborne, I got to go and Airborne. shoot guns in a desert for that game. That was that was a lot of fun. I know that picture. Yep. It's a great yep. picture of you. Uh, uh, me screaming in a desert. Also, there is a gun. Was my original caption for it. I mean, it's like. I don't know guns. A para? It is like a fucking one of those. It's an MG forty two, aka Hitler's zipper. It was a l- <laughs> machine gun used by the Nazis, and it is fucking insane to shoot. Um, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, please digress you know more. All this talk about killing Nazis is really wanting me. It's left me craving like. Can't we just have like Brash come back and do an Inglorious Bastards like terrible B game? Like that's sort of all I want to play right now. It's just like 
it'd have to be a telltale game. You held up the number three wrong. Fraulein will remember that. <laughs> there is nothing that could lose my interest quicker than than saying making it a Telltale game. So thanks for that, Chris. Like, no, Mike Myers' part is coming up. The bastards have dropped behind in me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Oh my god! Everybody gosh. does. And I was like, oh, he's under heavy makeup. Like, no, he just aged. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. what he looks yeah. like. Yes. With the he's just puffy but, now. Uh, I should say Medal of Honor did go back to World War II in 2020 with the Medal of Honor yeah. Above and Beyond, the VR game, which. From oh, what gosh. I played is quite good, but done by Respawn yeah. of all people, yeah. right? The people who were the Call of Duty people, yes, coming yeah. back sort of to piss to on the grave of, of the competitor, <laughs> like or, or honor it, depending on how you look at it, because mm-hmm. that game didn't that didn't do numbers or anything like that. That felt very much like a contractual obligation. They're like, hey, uh, yeah, we got bought. Actually, they got bought by EA, the Medal of Honor people, and that's oh my god, mm-hmm. what a weird, yeah, what a what weird, weird turn of events. Yeah. Like the people oh. who. Killed the Medal of Honor franchise, came back and worked on a VR to bring version. it back to it's life. All of one big capitalistic human centipede. So weird. Mm-hmm. I did. I did have a story this week. I was at a wedding and talking to a bunch of veterans about Saving Private Ryan. So I do. I do want to recommend the documentary Five Came Back about if you like old Hollywood and it's got like Guillermo del Toro and Spielberg in it talking about the five directors who ended up working for the War Department. Hmm. or propaganda department, as, as it was literally called, Frank Capra, the, 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 the romantic comedy guy who discover, who's the first American to discover a concentration camp. Yeah. How it changed like every film they ever made after yeah. that. But then they show this footage like John Huston shot of Omaha Beach, and it's like, we, that, was de- that was only semi-recently declassified. Mm-hmm. But it's all the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Wow. So, like when you when you see like the guy looking around for his arm and people barfing in their helmets, like we didn't see that footage, but Spielberg did. And oh he, my god, he totally mm. took it and I'm, put it in all of his movies. I'm just okay. So look, that going back to the shooting guns in the desert thing, please. They let please. me shoot an M1 Garand, which is like the stock Medal of Honor rifle. And and the mm-hmm. first Medal of Honor game taught me like oh this thing is super accurate and it makes that distinct ping noise when it goes yeah through the, the ping clip. noise yeah, yeah that's yeah. really cool that's all I can think of it's also like incredibly heavy and I just kind of had this moment where I'm like sitting standing there at this this range that EA brought us to and like this thing is so heavy I'm looking out over these dugouts and wondering like what would it be like to have to run around and dive for cover while people are shooting at you with this thing yeah. strapped to your back. Then pull yeah. it off and try to aim while again people are shooting at you. Like I could never do this. I also, could never I in a million men back years then, do this. Men back then were about fifty pounds lighter mm-hmm. on average. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a big bodybuilding culture. So yeah. they were uh... and and that that one experience that's like my only experience shooting real guns. Oh, really? It gave me from Florida. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm when it, Washington <laughs> State in California, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> it gave me such a strong respect for guns. Like, yeah, I don't ever want to be on the other side of one of these. Holy shit! I don't ever want a human to be on the other side of one of these. This is just mm-hmm. hot death coming out of here. I, I yeah. tend to find guns elicit three responses in people when you actually go to shoot them. Number one. Some people, and and I totally respect this, they get complete anxiety, want nothing to do, and be around gun ranges because mm-hmm. that that over that feeling of responsibility overwhelms right. them, and they realize like if I make one wrong move, I'm dead. Anyone around me could be dead on accident. No thanks. Number two are the dipshits mm-hmm. who then play with Hello. guns and think what fun toys and and 
usually get someone hurt eventually. And then number three are kind of your response, Michael, which I think is a very healthy response of like, oh, this this thing deals instant death and it's mm-hmm. a huge responsibility just to to even go to a target range with this yeah. thing. Like, fuck. Sh- shooting a 1911, just like the pistol, like I'm used to these being like low damage plinkers in games and it's just like you feel this yeah. power just erupt in your hands. Yes. As your hands jerk back. You're holding the gun in both hands and bam! So like, yep. yeah, anyway. my, I... I notoriously uh, whenever i can say it i hate guns and i wish they were all illegal mm-hmm. uh, i hope obama specifically takes your gun yes now. he comes to your no. house personally and like yes i'm uh, ex president obama i'm uh, here for your guns please and i i didn't grow up with a, with guns in my house or a hunting family or a military family but i grew up in the south which meant i shot guns at camp which i find weird mm. uh, a state run camp teaching me to shoot like just handing me a yeah. Rifles and shit. I shot a twenty-two uh, in Boy Scout camp. Not a big deal. Yeah, I, I uh, at friends' houses, uh, guns we found in parents' closets. I shot those yeah. uh, modified uh, SKSs. Wow. Your, so don't don't talk to me about your uh, fucking what's it called the big gun right now. I've mod- I've turned the screws and done the thing. I know how it works. AR fifteen. AR fifteen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assault uh, rifle fifteen. Handguns. And then, I'm just and then saying my that to piss through, off the gun nuts. Y- to piss them <laughs> off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my, my my friends went through a, a thing in their twenties where they a lot of them were handling. You know, because I'd have a bunch of pussy white boy liberal friends. Mm. Uh, Case uh, in they point, went, present company they, included. They went through a, a phase like, oh, we can just go buy guns at fucking Bass Pro Shop and Walmart. Mm. No one's going to say anything. Let's go the shooting range. So I've been to a bunch of shooting ranges. The thing that annoyed me most, like, I get it, shooting targets, it's fun. It's fun in games. It's fun in almost, in a batting cage. It's fun. Batting cages are fun, too. Mm-hmm. It's what Matt was talking about, the safety protocol. The people who are there every week and, like, headphones, nope, hands up, don't shoot. I'm like, man, that's the most annoying part. The people who treat this with such respect and uh, uh, diligence, I'm just like, hey, if it's that dangerous... Why don't we just not do this yep. at all? <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- why do we do this at all? Like, if we have to be this respectful of this yeah. deadly, stupid thing. Like, th- like here's a paintball gun, bitch. Learn karate. Yes. Like, <laughs> like what something. other thing have I ever done? What other activity where if, like, the equipment I'm using jams, I don't try to fix it myself. I just lay that thing down quietly in front of me and then go like a little boy to the man behind the counter and like, sir, uh, my gun's jammed. Can you please fix it for me? Like, because I'm not about to fucking risk my life for that shit. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, you yeah know? I remember I, like my friends were loading clips, uh, fucking banana clips, because, you know, America's insane. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, I was out on the porch at a table and I just started tapping a quarter against the bottom of the guns. And everybody's like, ah, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are you doing? And, and, I, and I still, like, right, I should not have done that. I was just tapping a quarter against stuff on the table. Also, yeah. you put bullets on the table that you bought from Walmart. What the fuck? Like, this is not all my fault that you're scared. Uh, oh, my God. Fuck your gu- responsible gun ownership. There's still It's still made for accidents, crafted for accidents. Mm-hmm. And or Medal of Honor yes. accuracy, yeah. right? Or 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 twenty twenty three sadness. Mm. <laughs> watch watch your head, gun owners. Mm, Jesus, <laughs> sorry. Hey, look, I hate guns. Get them out of here. Yep. Fuck them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but Medal uh, of Honor, uh, Medal fantastic of Honor. franchise. I, this is what happens mostly. when we don't have a fourth guest. By the mm. way, I, I like guns in video <laughs> games. Yes, and, and they should stay yes. there. 
Yes. Oh, I did want to say respect for guns. Michael, this weekend, took my t- uh, 10-year-old uh, cousin and played Virtua Cop 2, ah. a game I played <laughs> on the Saturn mm. <laughs> a lot. So I have like everything memorized, and he's like having a hard time. And I'm like, shit, I can like psh, 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 reload. Psh, 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 psh. Like, just know where everybody's coming from. It's, it's motor memory. I haven't done it in like 15 it's your, years. It's your dragon's lair. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then 10 minutes in, I'm like... My arm is tired, <laughs> and and I and I I couldn't fucking do it. And he's like, "I want to keep going. This game's awesome." Like, I can't hold my gun anymore. Holy shit! How did anybody do this during war? <laughs> I cannot hold this Trained plastic for months. Plastic uh, half pound gun with my arm extended right. for any longer at the CRT. Right. Any it's, any listener with deltoids is just so mocking us right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, like, you yeah. noodle arm do pussies. It. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we should move on. This has been a huge digression. Uh, Who cares? But we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the System Shock remake. We're going to talk about a bunch of other cool stuff that's happening. Uh, so stay tuned. You used to call me pumpkin, now I'm Halloween. Remember when I used to be your jelly bean? You used to call me circumstance shit like that. Now you're after me with a baseball bat. I remember when I used to be the king. Your honey, sweetie, darling, baby, Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid 80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coin- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It, I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about Okay, okay. Them. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where oh. we're just going to dive headlong into... Biggest new release, Street Fighter VI or Diablo IV, uh, depending on what your preferences are. We can't play either of those as of this recording. We have to wait until tomorrow, which is the day before you can listen to this. You should have had some time with Street Fighter. I think Diablo is technically the sixth unless you pay for some super special edition. So I don't feel as bad about that one. But but Mm -hmm. Street Fighter and Street Fighter, like Chris mentioned, there have been... Several open betas lately, so I've at least yeah. played a little bit. Chris, this, I think you the played only, the most. This is only the, the only time, though, with the like. There's only been one Diablo launch in the last twelve years, and nobody yeah. can get on. Hmm. And I will not pay for the luxury of <laughs> doing that early <laughs> beta testing for them. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know. yeah, we'll I talk mean, about it is, it is early soon. access, but yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not a Diablo fan. I, I don't know. I, like, I just da- downloaded Diablo 2 on Switch like a year ago to play with my friend. And I'm like, man, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. This is my first Diablo experience. I, I've been meaning to catch Diablo 3 in a sale because, like, it's one of those open gaming secrets. It's really good on consoles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Very well designed. Yeah. Some would say even better. Diablo 3 got, like, a billion different versions on console also. Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing. Never on sale. Never once. Mm-mm. Never in any sale. It follows Never. that Activision Call of Never. Duty model where it's like, yeah, we the lowest they'll go is 40. Sometimes mm-hmm. I th- I've seen it for 20 occasionally, but very rare. I mean, because what I know about Diablo, I know, like, I'm not saying it's not for me. It's just like everything, everything everybody says about it, I don't get. Uh, but I had rough experience with the first one long, long ago and the second one on Switch. So I don't, I, who am I? I played through the third on PC before it got good, apparently, like before they added all the adjustments and when there was an auction house and all that. And it's like, it is the best one of those I've ever played, like the best, you know, clicky looter game. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I finished it and never felt the need to go back and be like, oh, I'm going to play through this once a week, every week and watch the numbers go up with my loot. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. don't care. These are are both games I care about just because of how long I've been involved in this business industry medium but that i know for diablo i might never play it without a sale uh and for street fighter i will play this for a day uh uh, this looks like the first one i have things to do beyond a day because i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna practice i'm not gonna get good and i'm not gonna play online no no uh I'm there but, to see those ending cinematics. Yep, like, honest yep, to God, yeah, like something I can real. go on YouTube for and watch in five minutes. I, yeah. I feel like I, I have see to see Zangief that. dance with Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to, especially if he wins. He's under under contract. He's mm-hmm. going to dance with Steven Seagal and Vladimir Putin. Yeah, yeah, he has to. Steven Seagal's going to slowly eat a carrot while he's dancing. Spit into my whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. With 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 Joe Biden's accuser, who I don't know if you guys saw, like she's like mm-hmm. defecting to Russia. Like, oh, that's not suspicious at all. The woman yeah. who accused Biden of something yeah. is all of a sudden moving to Russia. Tara mm. Reid, I had to read to make sure. Like, oh, not the actress Tara Reid, a different Tara. Not Reed. the not the one from Alone, Alone in the Dark. The dark the movies, scientist? Right? Yes, <laughs> scientist Tara Reid. Still uh, makes me laugh. Mm. Still makes me laugh. Scientist. Early my early Michael work always makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Diana came up with scientician. Actually, I knew it. I, knew I, it I feel like original. with with the Street Fighter though, Chris is like if you like all the um, leveling stuff and like uh, character customization stuff from like the two K basketball games, like that's they've borrowed a lot of that for this game. It's it's kind of like yeah, you, you know, you can unlock this new jersey to wear which but, but it improves your stats apparently and stuff like yeah. that like it's, it's all yeah. the world stuff, right? makes the world you punch total. harder yeah i i just like um you know that looking on youtube and watching people's like in- extremely freakish creations like this one guy well, with like it affects your heat bo- your hitbox. a barrel chest and uh you know a tiny little uh torso and waist and like a giant ass sticking out from yeah. this tiny little waist because well, uh, it, it actually affects your hitbox, which so there's like strategic freaks you can build to be like, hey great. man, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him doll seam reach and uh, but make him like two feet tall and mm-hmm. see what and happens. If, if I wasn't articulate with my time with Street Fighter Six, I probably won't be now either. But what I what I was trying to say is that like I was astonished by how 
how many uh, ease of access things Street Fighters put into the game for the first time. Because especially yeah. when I was working on it and I'd just be in these groups, I'm like, none of this is ever going to get you a new fan. I, I know canceling and your V I'd like it doesn't mean anything to a new player at all. And and new and people already know what they think of Street Fighter after four. Like they either like it's nice to see these characters back. I'm going to get real competitive with this. Or this game doesn't have anything to offer me. This game is different. But I just... in all, I want to say this appropriately. In all the right ways, the hardcore Street Fighter audience will ruin almost any casual approach to Street Fighter. And, I, and, I'm, and, and I'm saying that, you know, when you shake Street Fighter 6 for three months, what's going to fall out is the people who are going to play Street Fighter anyway. That's what I think is going to happen. I admired the modern approach. But in talking about it the last couple of weeks, my friends playing the beta, it's just like, you know, we're already learning how to play those people. And you're kind of capping yourself by limiting yourself to the modern control style. So if you get good at that, you have to evolve yeah. into the classic style or yes. you won't be able to compete, period. And, and I, I don't know how that's going to shake out because, like, I'm not going to be watching the competitive scene at all. Do you know, do they do they do matchmaking based on if you're using modern versus classic control schemes? I would imagine, because the matchmaking is, like, pretty fucking insane. And there's, like, there's like three ways to online matchmake at this, yeah. like, three different areas to do that. So I think you'll be able to match someone with your play style. And, but, like, the nature of Street Fighter means if you can create a character with different hitboxes that no one can expect, no one's going to want to play you. They're going to limit that to out of turn tournament play, and there's got to be a way to do that online too, uh, mm -hmm. to to play it classic style. And that's not—I don't think that's a bad thing. Like it's Street Fighter, the Street Fighter scene will look like it always has, but maybe get more people in than ever before, and that's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all I care about is if they have a robust story campaign, like a single player thing, or if that world tour mode gives me, well, if it rewards me for playing single player against the computer and I still am able to get items and stuff like that's all I will really care about and I might get a few weeks out of that game at that point you know I'm not going to be there like I was uh, I was glad the reviewers said it like I don't know why the frame rate is so bad in that mode because hmm. it's it doesn't do 60 frames in that mode and I, th I just hmm. assume this will be fixed by the time we get out of here hopefully and I uh, no it wasn't no, but really? but it's all it's also it's the, anybody reviewing Street Fighter doesn't care about that mode period and 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 also if that were a standalone mode i wouldn't care either it's that it's in street fighter with street fighter characters well i i, I feel like though every site should have two reviewers like they should have you're right the guy who's like competitive street fighter for the people who are really there to like get nitty-gritty and then mm. the more casual guy who does care about that mode, because like that's how you bring in new people. Is like, yeah, is this worth it? Is this is this a fun experience? If I'm not a diehard Street Fighter player, you know, like yeah, that's because that that's who's reading the reviews. The diehard Street Fighter players, they're probably not reading those reviews. They don't give a shit what what some other good Street Fighter player has to say. They're going to form their own opinion. You know, from what I saw, they were the diehard Street Fighter fans were already very happy with the beta. Very happy. Yeah. And and the review, I loved looking at the reviews because like you know, I still know and I still care. I just know I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to... I'm just I'm just not going to... That's not where I am. If you ask me to try to measure frames, I'm like, my eyes can't do that anymore. I can't, I can't fucking spot frames in a fighting game. Sorry, not But if, if you look at the training area, like, again, the training area, like, in Street Fighter games, for me, has always been pretty shit. 
but like the things that they calibrate and the things that they show you and what you can mm-hmm. do and what you can train a non-combative training opponent to do is absolutely insane, but it's un- it's still unapproachable <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to a normal person. But like, it should be more exciting for people who fell off on five. So there's no reason, I think, why this shouldn't be a giant success because a nine is good for a Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty stellar. And I, I, I want the best for the series and I want more people playing Street Fighter. I don't mean to shit on the competitive fighting game scene. I just, working on it, it was just odd that like, there used to be more than just this audience for this, right, and yeah. this audience yeah. is limited. No, I think it's okay to acknowledge like the hardcore audiences. They're there for a different thing than mm-hmm. the masses. That's mm-hmm. totally and, okay. And all, to, and all the yeah. Western fighting games we're developing, like all of us are like, I can't wait to play through Mortal Kombat story mode. Yeah, I'm not going online ever. But, like it, it does I mean, feel as though like every fighting game has kind of taken that like ultra yeah. like hardcore stance. Like you know, the I could never. Well, I could get into Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I always had this sense like, no, there's there's like a meta to this game that I'm not grasping that's like yeah. way above my desire to just hammer buttons and do special moves. Yeah. Um, Every c- fighting game, Michael, except one, mm-hmm. the one with the best story campaign, Mortal Kombat. Yes. Mortal Kombat yep. is the one that has managed to retain it the is, overall It is the years. most approachable fighting game still on the market. And Injustice. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Injustice. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, same, it's like, same it's team, basically right? same. the same series. <laughs> it is, yeah, but Injustice yeah, yeah. has like zero presence on the competitive mm. scene for the most part. Fair Mortal enough. Kombat has a little more. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, as someone who's like, you might know Street Fighter, but like, I've had to fuck around with different prototypes of street fighter mm. and i was born in street fighter is what chris I was is born, saying <laughs> I was born in china in a I was... chicken market uh, <laughs> uh no no but like the tutorial i said that back when the demo was out like they've been terrible at tutorials historically yeah, yeah, yeah. and and always gave a flippant excuse why they wouldn't implement very easy things every other fighting game is done and they finally added all that so if you're a casual player who is curious about what Street Fighter is about, or if you're someone who's lapsed, like, holy shit, it is like, it, it is dense and it's all hard to remember, but it is compartmentalized and easy to go back and see exactly what does what and how to do everything in multiple control styles. Uh, again, the modern being like, I forget exactly how it worked, but like, it's, you hit two buttons at the same time, like MVC, instead of hmm. like zigzagging the a control stick and doing a rainbow motion on the on the D-pad like that that is gone if you want to play without that but there's certain moves you'll cut yourself out from uh, I think mostly offensive moves you'll cut yourself off from from that and that move offends me (laughs) well but like if you get to to the end of where you can get with the modern control style the classic style will make even more sense to you so it's good I can't wait to see how it adapts I'm just worried that it's just going to be another situation where like we're all excited about Street Fighter we pick it up or ask a friend for a copy and then just for you and I forget about it for the next five years. It would be neat if we didn't. You know what I'd do if I was playing modern control style Street Fighter, Chris? Hmm. Two buttons at the same time, Two man. at the same time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say two sticks at the same time. <laughs> Karate chip forever. Even yeah. better. Even better. Two sticks Even better. Two sticks at the same time, that, you salty man. bitch. I'll body the shit out of you with my red gi guy. I don't think he has a name. Someone did that meme, right, with the new Jedi game. It was They gave him a mullet, and they were like two lightsabers at the same yep, time, yep, man. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, System Shock got a remake. What? Again, the very get, uh, like. Well, yeah. did it ever My happen? group chat has been going off on this like every five seconds. There was a 
There was like a remastered version, uh, like an right. enhanced okay. edition a few years yes, back. Yes, yes. Um, but it's weird because watching the like playthroughs of the original and the enhanced edition and playing through the remake, like, so something the remake does is there's it uses like a lot of pixely textures, like as a throwback to the original. Like in the huh. very first scene, you're in like the hacker's apartment. And you can go over and see your, like, game brick, and there's a controller sitting on the couch, and it's, like, all, like, a weird pixely controller texture, and, hmm. uh, you know, the, the cryo sleep chamber where you wake up has, like, a big pixely display. And looking at the original, you realize, like, these things were never even in the original, so you are <laughs> deliberately doing this weird throwback art style. You're not just adapting yeah. the original objects and textures that you're you're creating new ones. So that's a little odd, but um, I mean, this is the precursor to Bioshock. Like, this right. is one of the games that started off the immersive sim genre in 1994, and, and it uh, should mean System Shock Two is probably on the way. Uh, I, I hope so. Well, uh, we should say like. We should say it's 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 Night Die, yes. Who up until the Blade Runner remaster had done pretty flawless like remakes of really old 3D tech. Yeah, they did. They did a pretty good Turok remaster. Yeah, um, <coughs> well, they they specialize in this, and mm -hmm. and every like all of my friends with high end PC share like this looks fucking awesome. This looks fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It has it has a really neat aesthetic. And uh, it, it is it is just fun to kind of explore this, you know, very old, early immersive sim, but like a modernized version of it and, you know, bash the shit out of zombies with a fucking lead pipe. Did you play it? I did play it. Yeah. Did you kick? Did you kickstart it? I did not kickstart it. Okay. But okay. I so, did. So there's no early access there. No, no, no. Well, I mean, there was there's like a demo that has been out for years but I, I, I played I it. played it years ago, and now it's just like, oh, it's finally out. And like, yeah, what I've played so far is like, this is a lot of the same content I as that say demo. A group chat this week in my world became active after over a year of inactivity because of the System Shock. Remake. Oh wow! Huh. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lit and like, hey, shut up. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn about Packland here. <laughs> I must own these on some platform, like you know, like gotten it free event you know from one of these services but like i gotta ask like is it worth going back to if you've played the bioshock games which are kind of what this morphed into or do you feel like it's like yeah bioshock you know evolved that formula and is probably the better game i mean it's it's probably the better game this is a little bit more like uh it's a little bit closer to Deus Ex in that you spend a lot more time like managing a menu and uh you, you can pick up like tons of stuff chris would hate this you know it's like skyrim where you there's like oh. just tons of random junk lying around that you can pick up but you can like vaporize it and turn it into scrap metal that i'm assuming you can use to build other things or that serves some purpose uh Speaking you of, can it's recycle the, it's it for credits 10 year anniversary of skyrim legendary edition the first re-release wow. of skyrim wow. Wow. wow 30 2010 this week people yeah, the first of many Skyrim re-releases, or the last time anything was developed for it. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the, it, I'm looking on Metacritic right now, and it's sitting at a 76, which is respectable. I mean, it's it not is. fantastic, but... For a classic, though, that was it is. Like, 90s yeah. back like, in the day. Mm -hmm. My film dork history, and I did this with games where I could, and it's but it's never been more possible with games. 
you go if you love something, it's really fun to go back and see where that DNA began. And and what films don't have the luxury of, all they can do is upres shit. This is from what I hear is like it's modernized, not just it makes it playable. Oh, it, yeah, it is. Sure. It is modernized. It is, I think, probably more playable. I know that like the original was two D sprites. This is three D characters. Um, so so I, I don't have a huge hankering to go play it necessarily right now, especially where I am with with Zelda and a bunch of fun stuff coming out. But I can't play Bioshock one again. Mm. But what I would, if I was sitting down, like, yeah. oh, I should yeah. see where Bioshock came from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. And I mean, it was only Bioshock, right? Because who, who EA had the license. Somebody had the license and wasn't letting it go. That's why it was mm. called Bioshock, because to remind you what it was from, but it couldn't call mm. it System Shock. Well, that could yeah, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, but, I don't know. I just hope it's not like an Earthbound Mother situation where you kind of go back and, and say, oh, this, oof. I can see what this evolved I mean, from, but it's not worth it. This, this is very playing. different in its vibe. System Shock was always, you know, more hard future sci-fi. Um, and, and this one is very cyberpunky that you are a hacker who hacks into the wrong mainframe yeah. and so you get arrested and uh oh but you get a neural implant and that that will let you access the the you know the future cyberpunk internet and but you have to heal for 6 months on a space station and then when you come out of cryo sleep uh it's like 28 days later where it's like everything has gone nuts the medical robots have turned hostile wow. there are mutants wandering the space Rich. station and this rogue AI Shodan, who I hacked and broke the ethical constraints of at the behest of some corporate dude, uh, has has apparently gone nuts and taken over the station's defenses and is about to fire a mining laser at Earth. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty good setup. When in doubt in Cyberpunk, the best thing to do is listen to the corporate dude. Always, that's yes, always going to get you the path of least resistance. It's, it's, yep. uh, Especially if he offers you something in return, like, oh, you'll get yep. this... This implant you were trying to steal. Never yeah. going to be a trick. It's now never now I have a, a different kind of hard-on for this game because, boy, is it fun to, to watch what versions of the internet looked like when mm -hmm. the internet existed 20 years ago. Yeah, this one looked a lot like Descent. <laughs> you remember <laughs> Descent? Yeah. Or yeah. Forsaken? Yeah. The future is Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, I do remember that. And now we know if there are ever cybernetic implants, only the Elon Musk of the world would be able to afford them. Mm -hmm. And he'd, he'd keep you from ever having them. Yeah. Yep. Different type of uh, horror. Michael, tell me about Killer Frequency. What the fuck is this? You so, sent me the best trailer ever. Today. Yeah, this, I, I have not played it. It is not out as of a recording, but I watched the trailer and it's like, I need to play this yesterday. Uh, it, it is, it's a really cool idea where you are a DJ in a town that's being beset by a slasher movie villain. And they're like, for whatever reason, 911 is down and you are the only hope of the townspeople. So people will call you and try to get, like, get advice to survive. And so you'll like be looking at maps and, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff, you know, info about the town and like try to guide them over the phone. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that obviously you're not actually talking in the game, so it, it's probably multiple no, choice or something, but it, it has like that 80s slasher movie vibe and yeah. it looks super well, I, cool. You know what it reminded me of is like an evolved form of Five Nights at Freddy's because you're kind of yes. in this control yeah, yeah, yeah. room 
and it's like solving puzzles to save people where you're not they don't have to really build many assets right because mm-hmm, you're kind of mm-hmm. in this one room yeah mixed with uh the dj from the warriors like what do i do now nowhere to run to baby yeah yes yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then with a, a mixture of uh dave foley dj michelle at the end of the universe I got a brand new roller skate. You've yeah. got a brand new key. <laughs> so good. For Doomsday DJ. Doomsday <laughs> DJ is the shit. Oh, watch that show if you haven't already. I want it renewed. Oh, man. man. Hit in the hole. Uh, speaking of, if you haven't already, if you have not been able to try Cassette Beasts because it was on PC Game Pass, it is now on Xbox Game Pass. That's the pokemon like i was telling you guys about where you have different cassettes you put in your walkman and you mm-hmm. can become different monsters and fight as those monsters and it's got that retro pixel art vibe but it's in 3d so they play around with that really good on xbox no more excuses go try it and then michael has has to talk up the next title so yeah. case of the golden idol is came to switch yes and you know i, I feel like every year since the return of the Oberdin happened there has been like one Really interesting detective style game, and uh, th- that's Case of the Golden Idol was felt like last year's. In that, yeah. um, it's it's essentially a hidden object game where you're going through different uh, 2D environments and trying to find hidden clues, and then you have to piece together like, all right, who are all the people in this scene? What happened? What what yeah. is the event that you're witnessing? Because it's it's just like a moment frozen in time, and so you can like look around this manner and like, oh, this guy's burning this other guy alive with a ray gun, and uh, meanwhile you go move into the house, and this guy is going into a like tearing apart uh, a, like a document in a fury, and yeah. uh, this lawyer looks very annoyed. And so, it, it's a deduction yeah. game mixed with a, a hidden object game. So it's like, oh, well, I saw that family crest on the door outside of the house. That guy has it on his jacket. This must be his house. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's very much Sherlock Holmes meets hidden ob- hidden object is doing it a disservice because yeah, that's it's like true. less less about finding stuff in the environment and more like act, finding actual clues yeah. and then deducing. And, and you could, there's also a setting if you want to make the hidden objects not hidden and just like they they have a little they blinking gleam, shine they gleam, to yeah. them, yeah. I did that because yeah. I'm like, I don't need to waste my time poking around because mm-hmm. the, the graphics are very low pixely. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I don't need to pick through the muddy background. Like, just fair. show me the thing. Show me the thing to help me solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I don't need to find the numbers before I do a math equation in this fucking background, just give me the numbers yeah. and I'll do the math. But th- this is a lot of fun, and it's it's like set in the 18th century, and it tells this story that you know starts with like finding this ancient artifact, and then it goes to like some weird oh there's there's some magic in this, and then it's like goes into full blown alternate history. Like, what if the the French Revolution happened in England instead? And oh, uh, and was, I think that's a great tie in to Alone in the Dark. Because Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm which I experienced when it near when it came out feels like alternate history that's been erased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if you play, I mean, a lot of Lovecraft stuff feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. That... And, uh, um, and yeah. Uh, you, sounds like a game I worked on 10 years ago that I got to bring up on 30, 2010. Remember me. Mm. Remember me going. Great back. song. <laughs> great song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. It's a game from don't nod about Robert Pattinson surviving nine 11. 
<laughs> I remember Remember Me. That's the game where you go into people's minds and shift things around so that they yeah, uh, the kind remember of the ghost, them yeah. The 3D ghost trick that didn't sort of pan out, but would have been great mm-hmm. to get a second game. Yep. Oh, well. Well, let's move on to... So one of my favorite things about modern Zelda games, let's, I guess that's how we're referred to Breath of the Wild and, and then mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, is like all of the stuff people uncover in the months after the game is released. So this just hit the news. So fans of Tears of the Kingdom believe that they have found and uncracked the code to a hidden experience level scaling system in the game mm-hmm. that I guess was supposedly in Breath of the Wild. And so it's it's basically their... They're trying to reverse engineer. There are times as you're playing through Tears of the Kingdom where it will subtly introduce more difficult versions of enemies to you. You'll start seeing like uh, the black and blue colored enemies that you didn't used to see before and their weapons they drop will get better and stuff. And it's like that just happens so gradually that you just think it's because you're exploring more. But there's actually people are like – deciphering the system they're like well you have to defeat 10 of each enemy type and then you'll start seeing the other tier people, start, people shit on the weapon system but like if you're playing it appropriately like the the things you start getting to fuse better weapons happens as you keep playing and i don't know how because i've been in areas i've been in a million times before and all of a sudden like yeah these are a little harder i guess but now i don't have anything lower than 40 or 50 when i fuse my weapons together as opposed to like the teens and 20s in the beginning cool cool yep so the system the way they think it works is every time link defeats an enemy you get a chunk of experience it's just there's no ui for it and that varies depending on your enemy difficulty and then it's like the first 10 enemies killed data miners were like working out i guess for breath of the wild and they think this applies in tears of the kingdom like the first 10 enemies killed of every specific type including bosses you're gonna get big chunks of xp right and then like chris said it it affects it slowly but subtly affects the world or like, wow, yeah, I'm getting better fuse drops from the enemies. Yes. Yeah. And so like if you could reverse engineer that. Oh, and there's there's other enemies like the, the guardians up in the sky. They're like mm-hmm. – they never change. Like they'll always be kind of the same level as when you encounter them. They're in tutorial areas. I have noticed after kind of, like waiting 100 hours to get to them like that was easy. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so the fact that they're like – it. This game is, is nothing if not a series of systems, right? And like the fact that there's even a thing you don't really – think about but you you just somehow know it's there that people are trying to reverse engineer it's fascinating to me i think it's really cool i can i tell you my one note today that i learned organically that will possibly help people immensely but doesn't spoil anything sure if you cook during a blood moon Mm -hmm. you have a greater probability of enhancing whatever you cook where it gives you that special jingle yes so the blood moon constantly annoys me like none of these enemies are problems you're just putting a bunch of shit on my screen I'm just They're just refilling the enemies, and in, in the it, it, That's all that it also cycles the enemies out. Like so, you can go back to big guys because they'll respawn during a blood moon. But what you can also do if you don't feel like dealing with them immediately is cook shit and look forward to enhanced hearts or uh, attack power, defense power during the blood moon. It, it, it's, think about that because this is normally it's telling you like there's going to be a fuckload of enemies around. You can go to a safe area, and I don't know what you guys have been doing. 
if you know what this means, crystal refinery. I've been warping all over, but I've been warping. Yeah, yeah. The- I've been. I had to find the forge construct. Is really the like the thing that crystal refineries. There's one oh, the right near construct. that main yeah, village. Sorry. The forge construct is the thing where you buy, like they they process the zoanite or whatever yeah. into the little chart, like the crystal the charges. Crystal charges. Mm-hmm. Those are really hard to find. There's one in the tutorial area, but they don't make many and charges. Twenty and then you have per to, big thing underground. So yeah, what, you have to I, find them underground. I had just for ease, I've been warping back to the lookout tower, the first place you go to, because it's got yes. the Korok seeds guy, it's got a shop, it's got a plate, it's got Same. a statue. I found out after 150 hours, right outside that is a uh, processing plant. Right up. Well, that's where I go to to get the battery part, but you still can't get the processing of the of the zoanite right like you have to whatever it is that gives that you the battery parts is right outside the lookout place it's, it's not right it's not yeah, just I, I in found the sky. that early i didn't oh, know the that. reason though one of the reasons i pulled this news story is it explains why i might have been having some trouble with enemies so basically this system it it makes it so that if you go out and do what i did which is i was fighting like big boss enemies with three, with hearts, three hearts like for early level <sighs> And so it was giving me these huge chunks of experience. So it, it was making me face harder enemies, yeah. but I wasn't doing anything to my character to be more prepared for Pro those tip. enemies. And so it's like avoid unnecessary fights early in Zelda. You'll get avoid fights. You'll get better. Yes. It, it, that, I mean, but if you want, if you want a challenge or go look for fights, because it'll make the rest of the game all that more challenging as you play it. But it's because it was it's it was insane. hard in the beginning. And now now to me it's like nothing. It is every everything's like nothing. So the other thing, if you, if you were an idiot and updated your version of the game, why would you do that oh, no. to wipe out the, the item dupe glitch? Worry not, listeners, because they found uh, people found a new one. This one, though, oh, <laughs> let me tell you the steps, the steps to do this one, because it is. First of all, it's one of those where you're like, who had the time to experiment to find this out? But it's like, <laughs> why would why would you do this versus just go play the game? Like, so here is the steps with this one, right? Okay, with a weapon equipped. You need to open the inventory and then save the game. Then hold the right bumper to prepare a throw and without letting go, open the map. After this, go to your adventure log. Watch wa- watch, watch any memory movie four times. You have to watch okay. memory movies four times out? in a row. Finally, press the plus button. Load the previous save to find the duped item lying on the ground in front of you. Like that that would take ten minutes each time. No, no thank that you. That had better be a valuable ass item. I mean, like to me, the most valuable items in Zelda thus far are gems or things that give me rupees because you can buy pretty much anything you need. Yes, which and, and, and to but your, also diamonds. To your point, diamonds have high fuse power. To your point, I, I wasn't even noticing. I, I think I entered an area you know, that I had access to the whole time and just found. And then I start smashing apart. I start mining some rocks, and like I'm getting a diamond every time. I'm pretty sure I Ooh. did. I reached some echelon here where they're just giving me a lot of. This is not a place where you find diamonds. This is just. Yeah. It's giving me diamonds a lot. So heck yeah. It's 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 almost I'd say it's almost boot to me. But every time you see a new piece of equipment you can buy, like that'll be seventeen hundred rupees. I'm like that's more than you could get combined in the first four Zelda games. God yes. damn it. Yes. I mean, at least it doesn't have the problem previous Zelda games have of where it capped your wallet. That's true. The most annoying mechanic, maybe next to weapon degradation, is like, hey, um, you can only hold 100 rupees until you find this bigger wallet. Like, fuck I might, you. I, I, I found the rupees. I might be rupees. a shitty tier stand, but I would... Fuck. Dude, expanding your wallet, fuck that shit. That is not a thing to earn. That is just needless caps. 
black. It's mm-hmm. needless caffeine. Absolutely. Uh, I think it, it might have been Awkward Zombie that did a comic about, like, wait, but the blue rupees take up the same amount of space as the green rupees, yes. so just throw out your green rupees. Yes. And it's like, no. Uh, hey, you guys have any purples you'd like to exchange? I don't know why I did that, like, sad Bill Murray, but, like, I did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you got that going for I you. I got that going for um, you. Let's... So, uh, once again, another month, another comparison of PlayStation Plus games to Xbox Games with Gold. Uh, I'll start with PlayStation Plus games, which, frankly, are the good ones. All right, so uh, first off, you get NBA 2K23. That game released September Yo, of last year. Um, <laughs> you can. It was recently on sale for like $15 for the base version, but hey, you can get it uh, with as part of your subscription here. It's a good game. It's a great basketball game. Trek to Yomi, which has great, been on Game Pass for a while, but game. now that is coming uh, to PlayStation uh, Plus. AKA and then Jurassic World. Shrek to Yogi, as, it, as Chris called it the first time did we I? talked about Shrek it. To Yogi. He did. Gee, Yogi, how do we get to Trek to Yogi? That's a good question. Hey, boo boo. <laughs> we get some big and egg baskets. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then Jurassic World Evolution 2, I think this is another one that's been on Game Pass, uh, is now coming to PS Plus. That's that Jurassic Park um, Park Sim. And I, I would know, say it's, not, it's, not, it's not just a tease 30 2010, but like, I'm out and about a little more as of the last week. Jurassic Park's about to hit its 30th anniversary, and everyone my age is feeling it. And it is going to be a celebration, yeah. and I'm glad someone is anticipating that. Huh. It's great. Great flick. So... You know, you, you might have noticed I was saying a lot of those games are on Game Pass. And once again, this month sort of proves that's really what's competing with PlayStation Plus and not so much Games with Gold. Because Games with Gold, again, two titles I don't think I've heard of either. So first up, Adios. Mm-hmm. It's a cinematic first-person game. Um, oh boy. You take on the role of a pig farmer. <laughs> Stop no, exciting everybody so good. much. There's a new Zelda. Is this Minari, the fucking video game. But it's no, it's a know. pig farmer who disposes of bodies for the mob. Ah, and so, ooh, like, okay. you, a, a hitman is coming over, and who's your friend? And you have to tell him that you you want out, and you're probably going to die because of this. Uh, I oh. I follow the author of this on Twitter. It's like at Doc Squiddy. Um, I'm. Let me say, I'm glad that this is this got picked up. I think uh, as part of like Epic's free games, and now Ooh, it's getting okay. picked up for this. And I'm I'm happy for him. I think he he was maybe struggling financially for a bit, and so this is probably a big help mm. getting these picked up. Yes. He is a major major buzzkill to follow. <laughs> he fucking oh. hates last. Well, he doesn't hate Last of Us, but he he t- he says stuff like, "Oh, this is just lowest common denominator stuff." Really. Um, but yeah, you know it's it's still an interesting perspective to follow. But uh, mm. I don't always agree. So, I don't have to. The other title here, if you don't want to be a pig farmer who works for the mob, uh, you can mm-hmm. be a blind adventurer in the Vale Shadow of the Crown. Oh, um, that seems like a bunch of video games names shook around in a gumball machine, and then <laughs> <laughs> the va- yes, this is very much mobile game territory here. Like, hey, uh, SEO the game. I, I just, I just, I feel like there's there's a very insular sketch in the idea of like you're a small game developer and like. Hey, Microsoft's on the phone. Everybody put their best ties on. We got to get in this meeting, remote or otherwise. Microsoft wants to talk to us. Hey, we'd like you to be part of Games with Gold. Like, 
the thing that gets people to subscribe to Game Pass? Ugh, what an insult. What, <laughs> what an insult. The things people get disappointed with month after month. Hey, don't buy, don't pay mm. for this service anymore. Pay five more dollars. I guess I'd never thought of that. Yes, it's kind of like indexing, like, hey, look how attractive Game Pass looks. You know, it's, they, uh, they can't get it's rid right of it. There. It's, been, it's, right it's been established for like, you know, as long as from when we're kids to H- paying for HBO. It's been around for so long, but like, it's useless. I, I yeah, I honestly think that not to, not that I would actually want this to happen, but like. Yeah, maybe Sony and Microsoft should sort of cut both of those programs loose and just focus on the subscriptions. I mean, I think PlayStation will eventually, but like whatever team's roadmap is still in place on PS Plus. So if you just pay for that base level, it's excellent. Those two games, those two games you get are excellent. The gold games are not; they're the op. Well, they're just the opposite of like immediately desirable. And whereas Game Pass is like Mm. massive day one great things all the time. And, and and PS Plus has to do that with mm-hmm. their monthly games. Like their monthly games tend to be games you've mm-hmm. heard of more. Uh, but yeah, you know, just different strategies. Again, it, it's so fascinating to me to watch the two different strategies from Microsoft and Sony playing out and getting yeah, getting it, the benefit of each. It, it's know? watching Netflix play with HBO Max, for lack of a better analogy. But HBO Max may ultimately have the better catalog of titles, but they're doing new things slower than Netflix was. And, then, and I think that changed this year, uh, yeah. at least for whatever my demographic is. Anyway, I'm boring myself. No, it's all <laughs> good. It's all good. Um, Michael, this is just a conversation you and I had. I totally called it. So while I was gone, you guys talked about that Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. I think mm-hmm. it's Delta or something like that. And the way the press release was worded, I was like, that to me, because they're like, hey, we have the original cast. voice actors. I was like, that to me sounds like they're just using the original yeah. voices, not mm-hmm. inviting the actors back. And that was confirmed by Konami's head of communications for the Americas, Tommy Williams. He said, yeah, it's, it's going to feature the dialogue from 2004. Okay. So, uh, That's fine. Which isn't a it's bad, not bad thing. dialogue. It's, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, like when you say something like that, people might have expected we streamlined some things. We got people back to do new things. Yeah. Well, it, it would be interesting to hear like, you know, new things or new takes on existing mm-hmm. dialogue from the old actors. But at the same time, like think about how much dialogue is in Metal Gear Solid 3. How right. many codec conversations like do you mm-hmm. really want? Godzilla is a character I'm going to talk about for nine minutes instead of there yeah. being gameplay. How, how important is it to have new versions of all these things? And, you know, if that's going to add to production versions time. That all seem very mm. first drafty from my idiot writer's perspective anyway. Mm. But I, I think people mm. were more... That trailer did not tell us anything. No. Anything. It told us it's going to look cool. That's about it. And this, this was yep. sort of reluctantly dragged out of Konami. So, like, what are you doing with this remake? And if it, if it's not, if you're not rebuilding the voice acting, and I'm sure those voice actors are being polite because they're not getting paid again. Hmm. Uh, at least not. Any I'm sure they'll get royalties. They'll, they'll get some sort of royalties. I don't think there probably. were royalties on the table. You don't think? No, like they're definitely X Men writer David Hayter would there, not there sell has for to be no points. Yeah. I, I hope he doesn't need them because of how good X2 is. But uh, <laughs> it's if true. it's for games, it will not be substantial industry standard or union <laughs> uh, anything. But uh, I mean, that usually I, I hate to also bring this up as like, hey, it's 20 years later. I know Hater must be able to do some version of that voice still, but it's not the same voice you remember from 2000. That's true. I, he- I heard him on something recently and like, 
he did the voice and like, ooh, that didn't sound the same. You it didn't sound it, the same at all. Uh, but but like, for me, it's I, I I love and respect Metal Gear. I played one and two over and over again. Three was the one like, Jesus, where's? Let me play the fucking game. Uh, I think it is is deserving of some refinement, no matter what you think of the auteur Kojima. And what does this bode for what they're doing to, what would we just say, uh, modernize, to modernize this game? This is not right. modernization. And we wouldn't be speculating if they told us one other thing. One. One single other thing. I, I told you guys, though, like, I think I'm the one who's played that game the most recently mm-hmm. of all of us because I never played PS it on run. And I, I went back and, and played it two or three years ago, and I was like, the gameplay itself does not hold up. It's clunky. The controls are just, they're stupid. I, they're really dumb. I really want to try the 3DS mapped. version one of these days mm. because I imagine, like, so they... That, when I when I said last week, like if depending on how you count it, this game has been through. Like this will be the second or fourth remake because there, there's <laughs> mm-hmm. been like the HD versions. This, HD. There yeah, there was yeah. the three the 3DS version essentially was a remake in that like it t- took away like there's a bunch of parts of uh, Snake Eater. Mo- a lot of it I think has f- that fixed overhead camera, mm-hmm. and uh, the 3DS version gave you free camera control. Which you never had in the yes. original. So I imagine uh, that one of the remakes ch- added it. The one quite I played had that. Mm, yeah, okay. the one right. I played had that, and and it's. But yeah, you're right. It, it was added later because the original original mm-hmm. didn't have it. But just like the the playing of that game is the part that needed the work. Like the cinematics, mm-hmm. which is where you know a lot of the voiceover is, and the codex stuff. Like that'll hold up. That yeah. that's fine. It, you know, it'll look way pretty. Yeah, what are you like, saying, Matt? You don't like changing your clothes every time the terrain changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about that stuff. Like I'm, I'm fine with that system. Like I really hope they don't do a Metal Gear Solid Four. Like here we put auto camo in this. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of that game is trying to figure out which camo is most effective and wearing it. I'm literally talking about like the movement in that game. Like you, the amount of buttons you have to hold to successfully like crawl, pull out your pistol, all while you're trying to do this in a fucking fight with a sniper across the map is like it's it's just it's dated. Like, you know, like we figured out better ways to control games since this game came out. Hopefully that's the stuff they'll focus on. They'll just make it more playable. That's all it really needs. I, I think people were looking for how this game would be modernized and to hear one sliver of information that, well, it's not. <laughs> uh, this became a yeah. news story. I mean, also, almost certainly they're not going to like throw it on the open world maps from five. No, no, no. But I, I, I'm, I'm trusting just, they're going to do know. something bigger and I mean, any, anything like do half of what System Shock just did, and I, I will play it again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a linear game where you're going down a series of tubes. You know what I mean? Like as mm-hmm. long as as long as those are much prettier, I think that's fine. That's all. That's all. Most for people who didn't get to experience that game originally, like that's all you really. Need, I worry you know? just because like, five. People have thing, a reason. You know? Konami hasn't released like what polygonal new game have they released in like the last. Eight fucking years. Well, no. I mean, they did mention, they I think, them. that there's a support studio of uh, Virtuos mm-hmm. on this, or Virtuos. And yeah, Virtuos. A Virtuos mission. Uh, but they, they've they've done good work in the past. I think they did yes. some of the Arkham remasters. and Which uh, are great. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, they're known for this. What this really gives me hope for, I didn't get to say this on last week's show, is like, all right, so if you're going to remake that one four is next right you got to get four off the ps3 where it's been stuck or the the streaming streaming playstation plus service like just like how that has not it 
Yeah. Like, by the time they announce it, it would, will be on, like, three generations away from its release. I mean, 4 is a deeply weird game, but all the more mm-hmm. reason why it should be more approachable and accessible to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of things that, well, were accessible to people, no longer Nintendo issued a cease and desist to Steam or to mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's if it goes to Steam or if it actually goes to the people who made the Dolphin emulator Steam. and that got taken because down. Because yeah. I, I can okay. download whatever I want on the internet but like it doesn't have to have a Steam page. And they have right. to authenticate But the, that. the Dolphin people then made the announcement like hey we are ceasing work on this project. So hmm. Dolphin emulator what was a <laughs> was a Nintendo emulator. It was what for It's GameCube, GameCube and Wii. GameCube and, Dolph- and Wii, yeah. And we And it was the only way to play certain WiiWare yeah. games if you didn't buy them originally. Like yeah. Twin Snakes. Yeah. And so uh they DMCA'd it. Uh and I think the reason they gave I mean the reason they gave is they're like, hey, it uh well using it here's their quote, using illegal emulators or illegal copies of games harms development and ultimately stifles innovation. Nintendo respects the intellectual property rights of other companies and in turn expects others to do the same. Okay, but like um, the problem is, is like emulators have always been this really weird gray area where there's certain things that, if anything, what might come of this is we might finally get like a court decision that like sets precedent. That's, like, okay, what's what's actually legal what with, with mm-hmm. emulators and what's not? I think the reality, and I, I can't speak for GameCube, but the Nintendo platforms before that, at least Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo did not renew those trademarks. Uh, they just expected, well, we make games, and if you want to make games on our platform, you don't do this. So most people who made those old games adhered to that, and it took a homebrew community to say, yeah, your system died on me, and I have all these games. Can I not dump these on my hard drive and play? I could see I could see a court saying you could. Maybe a court several years ago, but uh, pro-business yeah. interests will usually... It's Nintendo bullying people out of things that like they probably don't have the right to do but like i i mm. really never understood like how did this end up with the steam file to begin with like you're asking for trouble that, that is a good question and i i think you know the the fact of the matter is like all right it's one thing if homebrew people are doing this on their own we can maybe turn a blind eye to that but when valve another major publisher mm-hmm. allows an emulator to be on their service I get it. Because Valve doesn't want to get sued. They don't yeah. want to mess around. They have too much to lose. Well, um, also, like, I can see Nintendo going like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we're we're on the same level. You're not homebrew dudes. Yeah. Well, but then Valve's probably like, all right, put some of your games I on our platform. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I love, I <laughs> love the like Dolphin, and I want out. it to be available, but I never really understood, like, what gray area was Valve exploiting to get this on their platform to begin with? But But Xbox did that a little while with the Series S. Remember, people were buying those. Like, these are great emulation machines. Mm-hmm. Anything up to PS2 hmm. can run fine, and Xbox is allowing us to put those apps on. And they Nintendo oh, sent right. the C&D, and they went away. S- Everyone complied, because nobody wants to fight this out in court yet. It's going to take somebody with the money mm-hmm. to fight the Nintendo in court, and most people can't. And and that's the problem, right? Is that, like, these Dolphin... The Project Dolphin team, they, they don't have the money to pay for the lawyers to really fight this out. Yeah. So probably it'll go the way well, of... The bigger corporation. Yeah, you know? the the current law is that emulation is yep. legal. Uh, pirating games is not, even if they're old abandonware games. It is, it's not legal. Uh, so, 
companies like Nintendo tend to conflate the latter with the former and or, or vice versa that like no it's it's all about piracy which to be fair a lot of it is most of it is well but you 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 heard in their quote they specifically mm-hmm. said like illegal emulators or illegal yeah. copies of games which the illegal emulator part that's the part that's like i don't know that yeah. the courts have ever right. really decided no, they, if they that's... haven't and and that's the thing that's like if i have gamecube discs and i can get you know i i put them on a, a cd drive even if i'm not dumping them i could play them directly off the disc on an emulator like i don't think yeah. that's problematic it's, 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 that's probably not what it's Nintendo's my understanding at. for nintendo didn't so much as renew its copyright or trade i forget because it's like hardware for the hardware mm-hmm. of the original NES. It didn't renew the trademark of the yeah. design, and that's why you can find things on Amazon that look like Nintendo's. They failed to do that. Mm. But it's also like, unlike uh, Sony, Valve, and Microsoft, Nintendo's not a publishing powerhouse. It's not a, a well, it's not a licensing powerhouse for games. It's not moving a lot of non-first-party mm. games. So all that it has to do is to protect its IP. That's, that, yeah. it has... If you care about Nintendo IP and you understand how they're a company, look, you'll still find a way to steal their games. I always do. Who said it had to be convenient to get their games for free? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is this is where you know we run into problems with hard, the hardware cycle. Where I think if companies want to protect their IP, the best way to do that yes. is to continue to offer these things for sale in some no, form. A, a drizzle and, and, of but, but, Nintendo Switch online expansion pack games. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But but the thing is, it's like, if my options for, like, if I want to play this old game, well, you can pay $600 for a collector's copy that's uh, never been opened and isn't going to benefit the original developers in any way. Um, or you can pirate it and play it for five minutes. I, I understand. Um, a rational approach to modern gaming, which Nintendo isn't mm-hmm. there yet. And I mean, but it's like, make, make them downloadable, make it, you know, I'll, I'll pay five bucks to, to play a, a 30 year old game. Why not? Yeah, and they and they made money mm-hmm. on the Wii generation when they had that. I mean, they, I'm, they I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't was as awful. as profitable. It was also as, awful uh, and the worst way to play those as games. as we imagine. And yeah. by the way, yeah. what, what, sure. what I never get tired of saying because we were having this conversation last night when they you could buy like Super Mario Two for ten ninety nine on the Wii. Nintendo <laughs> stole the emulation from emulator developers and put it on their mm. Wii U and, and shit. Like they stole the em- because like who's gonna I mean, even there's no lawsuit here. Like, uh, maybe it's not protected copyright, but like, you have more right to it than we do. I don't know. Let's fight it out in court. I, I love when Frank Cifaldi does that. He will sometimes kind of crack open games that are like greatest hits collection, and yeah. he can spot like, oh, mm-hmm. they use this person's emulator for this version yeah. of the game. This is this dumped. R- dump That's of what the companies wrong. like Digital Eclipse yes, do: yes, is, yes. Is, is recalibrate everything so there's no evidence. Not evidence. They're not hiding things, but like, there's no. DNA of the original hardware. It's something that's built to pl- be played on new hardware. And it's, even Nintendo stole emulator uh, data to, to bring things to Wii and Wii U. So it's just so, this, this giant goat fuck. It's just more Nintendo not being with the times. It's I, like trying to describe to I a mean, person last night what Nintendo Switch Online does. So you can play your Nintendo Switch Online, your Nintendo Switch games online. Like, yes. What Nintendo Switch games do you play online? None. Uh, <laughs> Splatoon what does this get? So you get mm-hmm. to play NES games? 
22 of them, yes. Uh, are any new ones coming? Yes. It looks like no. Are all of them good? Not even slightly. And, and <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh, are they all classics? Eh, about half of them. The oh, other they got Rygar. We loaded up Rygar. Like, like, man, Rygar sucks. Like, uh, like, why do we <laughs> yeah. all realize it this? Always, sort of always I mean, did. The, the, the NES version is still weirdly better than the arcade version, though. Why do we all like yeah. this? So, so their, their justification this time, and this is where I think it's going to test the courts, is they. I guess the mistake that the Dolphin people made is so – you guys remember probably remember doing this back in the day. It's like, hey, uh, mm. here's an emulator. Go download this decryption key. BIOS, we can't tell yeah. you where, but go get this 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 key, yeah. and then you have to install yep. it in a folder, and and so that we're not liable. So they embedded the the cryptographic mm. keys in the software, mm. and that's where Nintendo's like, hey, we own the trademark for mm-hmm. for that decryption. It's in their software. That's how they were able to issue the C and D. So it's kind of like they were just being a little brazen. Which I was listening to Jeff Gersman this week, and he was kind of calling out. He's like. He thinks, and we, we see this with Nintendo, stuff goes in cycles, like, people will get really brazen with piracy, and, like, there's people out there, like, there's 4K rips of Tears of the Kingdom, how is this happening? It's, like, because people are cracking their systems it's and fun. doing shit, and then, like, the fact that they're putting it out on the internet publicly, it's, like, Nintendo, every once in a while, has to reel that in and be, like, uh, you guys... Mm-hmm. Don't do this so brazenly, please. Like, you know, we got we to crack down That's, a that's bit, what I was so. trying to say. Nintendo is a gaming IP company. Only recently did we get a Mario movie. They didn't make money like that. They, they sold very little merchandise. They sold games. And if they don't protect their games and somebody takes them and they go to court and precedent, if you didn't, like, this is what I was told when I worked at a game company. Like, if you don't have evidence, if you have evidence that you saw this and didn't act, that is how Nintendo... Yep. Won the Donkey Kong lawsuit. Yes, Universal. Universal didn't protect their. They didn't sue everyone who did anything with the Kong name. That is how Nintendo was allowed to. It's all ironic and weird, but that is that is, and and also that lawsuit traumatized Nintendo. (laughs) Uh, We'll never let that happen to us. And and they're not. And I, I I don't blame them, but it's also like that's that's my thesis. Nobody said piracy should be easy. Hmm. And you can still get all these games and all these emulators. It just maybe can't be as easy to put in your Steam Deck, yep. but I'm sure you can. Yeah, since you mentioned that, like I'm sure that the main reason this was on Steam was to get it on Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Because people want to play Wind Waker on the go, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you remember that mm-hmm. story, Steam Steam launched that trailer and like ac- accidentally showed like the fucking Switch emulator in the trailer. Yes. Whoops, like, Oops. On the screen in the <laughs> whoops! Oh, it's just one of our most downloaded things. We didn't know. Mm. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh-uh. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that uh, that's why Nintendo came a calling, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, we gotta do this." Anxious to see if this goes to court, even how it would play out. But I, it, you know, I doubt the Dolphin team has the money to fight Nintendo mm-hmm. in court. So we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. But anyway, that is all the news. It's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was. We're getting into what used to be E3 season. What are you hoping to see mm. revealed, or what announcements oh. are you already most excited for? On VigigameApocalypse.com, giant. Well, wait, wait, wait! Oh, I didn't what? get to answer. Oh, that's last right! Week. You weren't here oh, last oh. week. I yeah. forgot. Magician. You're here um, so often. I just assumed. So, as a person who just redeemed his first voucher on Nintendo, <laughs> now it's it's a race against the clock. What is I the got, game I, I spend thirty dollars on? 
That's the thing is I I have a year to redeem the second one or under a year now. I'm like, okay, Pikmin 4, don't know if that's going to be the one. I need to see other Nintendo announcements to know where I am allocating that other voucher. Yeah. I got I'm I'm anxious to see what Nintendo has up its sleeve for this holiday cuz obviously Zelda's killing it. But what do they got coming this holiday? That's I'm more that's what I'm most anxious to to learn. Weird. About. I guess I guess as of this recording we don't know. They wouldn't normally have even announced that yet um pikmin's august and i don't think we have any visibility past august right no it would have been like june 6th or 10th june 6th through 12th where they would have made a massive announcement and they haven't done that yet and i don't know if they will i haven't heard of any uh direct coming the one we haven't seen in a while. Well, no, that's, that's not even them. Shit, I was I was gonna say like the perfect dark. That's Microsoft. So shit, what is? Mm. Is there anything Nintendo had out there that we just haven't? Well, I mean, Metroid. The Prime conver- 4. Metroid yeah, Four for- to see one frame of it would be great. I, I've seen how, the PNG. How many years have we been teased with Metroid Prime Four? Hey, look, six or seven, it, right? Again, we're I, as adult gamers like. Get it right. I'll wait. I have plenty yeah. to do. Yeah, no, no, no. But mm-hmm. it would be nice mm-hmm. to see something to be reminded that, like, yes, this is still in the works. I'm not hopeful, though, because the Prime remake is like, okay, no pun intended. That's probably them priming the pump for oh. for when it comes. But, oh. like, you know, Donald Trump not the same calendar phrase. year. Mm. Uh, uh, I, w- I was talking to friends and just like, you know, I would I hate the Switch online expansion pass. It all sucks. I would sign up tomorrow. For that awesome Wii Punch Out game and Wii downloads mm. of Nintendo games tomorrow mm-hmm. for more, if they would allow that. I I miss that Punch Out game. God damn, it was so good. It was very good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a new Punch Out. Yeah, that's an insta I would, insta buy for me. So just 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 give me that one. It's like kind of the best Punch Out because there's three. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could honestly, you can take your Metroids, you can take your F zeros. I don't give a shit about like compared to Punch Out. Give me Punch Out. That, that that'd be a happy, happy Matthew. Uh, yeah, Giant Short Stacks says like every year, there's a Planters registered trademark mixed nuts variety can of different games to look forward to. On the one hand, I want to see Devolver show me more Skate Story and Wizard with a Gun while Endzone dancing on E3's grave. On the other hand, a new Twisted Metal might convince me to buy a PS5. However, nothing has me more interested in the prospect of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The remake being a remake promised that all of the locations and characters we're familiar with will be remixed in a way that has me excited. Most game trailers have me asking, What?! And when? But the hints at a sequel in remake have me asking how. I I get it, and uh, that last I'm, so, I'm shocked we haven't seen something new from that. It's been a while, but like that it, wasn't it like mostly a conversation with Sephiroth and Cloud just walking around like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Zach stuff's going to be pretty big. Exactly. Happens. Yeah. Uh, can I just call it? So, Giant Short Stacks, love you. Usually one of the first responders. So Twisted Metal is what's going to convince you to get a PS5. There, there hasn't been anything else on PS5 yeah. so far yeah, that is Anthony like... Anthony yeah. Mackie-led Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it. you know, something to coincide with that TV series. Look, look at what it did for Last of Us. Yeah, man. My dad's mm-hmm. talking about Last of Us. Who would have thought that was possible? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, real quick, uh, Disney story was at Disney Sea. Overheard some, some ladies in line. 
they were talking about The Last of Us. Wow. But I heard them pro- – I've never heard anyone pronounce it this way. This one lady was telling, oh, you have to watch The Last of Us. Highlighting the us. <laughs> I've never heard anyone emphasize the us in the last, the last of Uso <laughs> or something like that. Diana was telling me that she was listening to a podcast. It's like, you know, middle-aged wine moms talking about how great Last of Us is. Yeah, man. It but is. everyone still stresses last. They put the emphasis on last. last. You don't put the emphasis on us. That's yeah. ridiculous. Last, last of us. Us. <laughs> us. Keyword being us. They're right. That person is right. Last uh, of Us Part Two. <laughs> That's like I think you should leave sketch. Like just someone emphasizing the wrong word mm-hmm. and phrases, and everyone yeah. just getting annoyed. Yeah. What are you saying? Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> um. uh, Vocalica my balls says I'm most mm. looking forward to the deep dive on Starfield. Mm. We'll be getting in a few weeks. Ever since the delay last year, I've been jonesing hard for a new Bethesda open world RPG, and Starfield is hitting all the boxes for me. Uh, as far as things we've seen so far, Spider-Man 2 is really tempting me hard to pull the trigger on a PS5. Guys, get a PS5. There's, what are you waiting for? Uh, I borrowed a friend's PS4 Pro to play the original Spider-Man, and it blew me away. Maybe you guys could give me a little advice. Do you think a digital PS5 is worth a lower price? No. I'll probably be buying used either way. But digital will still probably be significantly cheaper in no. the short run. If you can find it. I, I don't think I've ever seen one in the wild. I have never seen a, a digital in the wild. But like, if I have to reiterate that, absolutely not. Yeah. The sales on, on digital and, and physical copies are not the same. And you're cutting yourself off from a billion other games. Yeah. Do you have physical media? Do you think you'll use physical media? Uh I, I would stick with the the physical. The, if if, if the you're drive. quibbling over fifty bucks, mm. you're a bargain hunter. Period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can't eliminate your bargains. I'll say this: Yeah, that's true. It really depends on like, are you the kind of person who resells your used games? Mm. Yeah. If you resell your used games, you have to get the disc version because there's no way to do that digitally. Like if you if you keep every game you buy, I might say, okay, go digital. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident they're going to be forward compatible. If, if you don't think you're going to play any of those PS4 discs on your PS5, yeah. fine, yep. sure, yep, yep. But mm-hmm. if you want to do all of that <laughs> and then still like walk into yep. a garage sale and find like a three hundred dollar game that works on a sister a system you have, why would you cut yourself for fifty bucks? Uh, yeah. It also is a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player, so why mm-hmm. not do that as well? Yeah. Right. There's cheaper ways to do that for black. No, 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 no. Do not buy a digital PS5. Buy a PS4 Pro or buy a 4K Blu-ray player. You'll mm-hmm. save you'll save money over a PS5 or buy a PS5 with a disc player. Never yeah. do that. Never. Yeah, don't buy a PS Pro. Don't, what is that advice? Why, don't buy a PS4, buy a Pro, PS4 right now. Pro Because you'd still <laughs> yeah, have just... access to like over a thousand physical games that are on mm. sale or at Garage sales, swap meets, flea markets, Facebook marketplace. You cut yourself out on all of those sales of desperation by getting a, a, a digital version of something. I'd, I'd say save up an extra few weeks yes. and get yourself yeah. a disc oh, version. Oh, yeah. That, that's another thing. Don't that, say yeah, this talk, like the common man. It's not a few weeks for $50. But, yeah. But talk, talk, well, it's a $100 difference, isn't it? Oh, it it's is a $100 difference. Yeah. Sorry. But, I was thinking of the God of War thing is regularly on sale where you yeah. basically get God of War 
by paying right. the price like of 10 it. Bucks. But, but talking yeah, about yeah, swap yeah. meets, etc., that reminded me that, like, yeah, PS5 games physically go on sale a lot more frequently and in, in a lot more places than online. Yeah. It's like, hmm. if, you, if you are getting a digital one, you are committing to only doing business with the official PlayStation store and go. however it might decide to mark things yeah, down. Yeah, I'm not anti-digital and I'm not pro-physical. It just, to yeah. me, seems like idiocy. Black Friday is a brick-and-mortar thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not mm -hmm. trying to get you in a di digital store. You get games for ridiculous prices the whole, from Nove November 20th mm -hmm. to the end of yep. December. Plus, you, you know, if, if you ever have an ethical concern with a game and don't particularly want to support it, the people who made it, you can get a that. used copy of it, and it's still ethically sound. Or you can destroy mm -hmm. it on your Rumble channel and mm -hmm. uh, make all your <laughs> friends laugh. Uh Five Nights at Freddy Prince Jr. <laughs> Perfect. I'm most looking wow. forward uh, to the surprise announcement of Days Gone 2. Shut up and let me have this one. <laughs> Beyond that, I'm excited, uh, excitedly anticipating Insomniac's Wolverine game. Me too, brother. Yes. Followed by mm -hmm. Insomniac Spider-Man 2. I have a feeling uh, Five Nights at Freddy Prince Jr.'s, my excitement is going to go through the roof after Spider-Verse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to say you're not alone. I fucking loved uh, Days Gone, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd really like to uh, 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 see more of that game. I'm making fun of the way the main character talked, but now uh, Days Gone is fantastic. But the way that guy acted in the Callisto Protocol, Sam Witwer, oh, was same like guy, fucking so so good as the villain. Oh, you nice, want to be nice. famous around the world? I am. Yeah, that's exactly how he told. Yep, yeah, that was him. Uh, <laughs> wow, you nailed it. Reference uh, you nailed it. Let's see. Soren. Yes. Uh, Soren Alenko on the official Laser Time community on Facebook says they dropped teaser ta trailers for Feeble and Perfect Dark years ago and have said nothing since. Maybe literally anything else can come out about them? I thought I saw I think a, you might, a rumor. You might be in luck. I saw a yeah. Fable teaser today with... <laughs> It was like a Microsoft video with fairy dust everywhere, heavily implying that there'd be Fable. a Microsoft Direct or whatever they're called, focus on Fable. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think on the eleventh they said there's like something coming Ooh. up on the eleventh in, in the teaser. So, and I just Soon. like mentioning Soren, even though I'm I met them in New York. It always makes you think of a Disney ride. Soren over it is, in New York. Yeah, it's the it's the one thing I didn't ride in Disney Sea because the line was two and a half hours long oh. and they didn't have that premiere pass. I am learning you went to Disney Sea right now and I'm so fucking pissed. We, Michael oh, won't let us talk it, about it. Loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Connor Nichols says, "For me, I'm really curious as to the uh, what the Evercade crew have cooked up for the 30, 31st of May. Okay. It'll be done by the time the show is live, but they seem to nail cooler licenses each and every year for their fun handheld." And the renovation slash Irem licenses from years past really excited me. Hoping this year we get Messiah, Chunsoft, or Konami games for that system. That, I don't, wow. What is this Dope. thing? I don't know what this is. Uh, is Evercade is this is this one of those like arcade cabinets you download? No, games I think for? isn't this the one that's like you know primarily Data East games and you buy like the little cartridges with like packs of games. Uh, I, I think I see it at Target a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, a I little. It's a little handheld that you buy cartridges for. And, yeah, okay. uh, I really should get into that because it looks cool. Yeah, man. Like I said, like I was at a gaming swap meet and I saw a the shittiest ever held at my hands Game Boy SP. I'm like, I want to crack this open and put PS2 mm. games on it. Well, guess what? You can buy from uh, fucking uh, Alibaba. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But it's more about the project. The project. Mm. It, that, that shit, like, I'm not great with my hands. and I'm, Yeah, why not ruin a valuable antique? Uh, we're not there yet with a Game Boy, but arcade community, <laughs> yeah, you will get fucking lambasted for doing something mm. like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh... But I don't. Have, I don't work on cars, and I don't restore anything, and I don't do any manly thing with my. And I love retro gaming, screw driving, and soldering. I mm-hmm. love it. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Connor. All right. New question of the week: Who's your favorite Street Fighter character, and why? Uh, I. I think I, I can unequivocally answer this. Dan Hibiki. He's the fucking <laughs> shit. I love that guy. That dumb, goofy asshole. Uh, I love that he's essentially a parody of SNK's Dude. art of fighting characters. I wrote a whole. He's a, he's a, he's a trash talking. I wrote a too. whole article about him yeah. for GamesRadar.com, which you can still see the pathetic he, history of Dan Hibiki. He's a funny character, even if you don't know. It's Capcom sticking its middle finger up to its competitors mm-hmm. and making yes. fun of very spe- specific things about them. It's yeah. He's, so, he's, but he's also for high level players. He's a way of shit talking. Yes, if, yeah. if you choose Dan and can beat other people, it's, it's like it's pure I beat you with the worst character. Yeah, yes. Have you, have yes. You ever and, and that it? was that was why I loved playing him competitively because it's like if I can, if I can win with him, I can win with anything. He is mm-hmm. he is a shit character. Have you ever he played is, him? He's so like with weak. him in Puzzle Fighter, where he just drops a yes. giant block of the same colored gem. Yeah, it's like horrible. <laughs> oh, so cool. But he is, uh, yeah, he's he's basically like a weak version of Ken and Ryu, but he has so much personality, and there's like this whole mythos around him that like, you know, Blanca and uh, Sakura have been his pupils, but they both like decided like, no, what you're teaching sucks. We're not, yes. we're not, we've, we've already forgotten it. It's stupid. And, but they're still friends. It's like if Steven Seagal was your martial arts instructor, like mm-hmm. the the realization you'd eventually come to the second you got in your first fight and realized all of that Bushido shit yeah. does not work in actual but, real life but settings. But if, if and, Steven Seagal had a good heart and was actually a lovely human being, like yeah. that's Dan Hibiki. <laughs> try and pin me, the class. Let's. Who wants to try and pin me? All right, try it with one hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if you right. can do it with one hand. And like and and and, and also it's like it har- It's it it's corporate pettiness on a major level and then it is spun into its own thing but it Mm. came from corporate pettiness that reminds you how small these companies were back in the day oh yeah zero oh yeah love it uh mine mine fluctuates always i love the main the i'll call the main 16 like super up to super street fighter jesus Mm. i was so into all that um I love Jury as a newer character, but it's always Blanca. All my favorite characters are green, and 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 Blanca is a ginger Hulk, and and, he, and, ginger Hulk. and he's from Brazil, a place I would actually like to visit instead of wherever Hulk's from, wherever they're spraying gamma rays all over scientists. Uh, Brazil, like. The land of like the most beautiful people yes. on the planet, and they they make the monster man. Come uh, I from believe there. never on made their sense flag to me. next year. It'll just say Chief Rump Shakers. And that'll be what Brazil is known as. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Brazil. I can't. Oh, yeah. Would love to visit yeah. Brazil. Uh, I think Tony Wilson, friend of the show, was just there. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's had a, quite a week. Speaking Portuguese and everything. Um, man, I am so basic, so I'll go variation. So as a kid, 
the Street Fighter character I would sketch on my notebooks nonstop was Ryu. Love Ryu. Love the story of Ryu, who a guy who just fights for the sake of fighting to be the best in the world. Doesn't care about anything else. Once the tournament's over, it's like, yep, all right, uh, who's next? Because I have to prove I'm the best. Lives out of a bag. His bag is lighter because there's no razor in it anymore. And and then when he got a beard, it's like you took this my favorite character and you made him so much better. Yeah. Like like evil Ryu is kind of cool, mm, but like I yeah. it was it was a bit like evil Superman. Like I don't want to see my favorite character really become evil, mm-hmm. you know. But like bearded Ryu is like oh daddy yeah. Ryu looking fucking. Yeah. There's dope nothing as I can fuck, relate more dude, than like, hiding a lack of a jawline. <laughs> like a, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ryu is always like just like this template character, almost like this yes, this yeah. very uh, iconic Japanese character. Is like goes back to like Sanshiro Sugata, the the fictional character that uh, Kurosawa made movies about. It's like the the martial artist who's just very very dedicated to his craft. And dedicates his life to becoming the best at it. Mm-hmm. So that that mm-hmm. means he's going to go around and he's going to fight other people so that he improves and becomes better. And and you know and until he finds someone who can beat him. And yeah, yeah. And, and alongside Chun Li, you could much. argue he he is the hero of Street Fighter. At least, oh, you know, Street Fighter Two. Like yeah. he's the main character, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. And Ga- it's Capcom story. always tries to make someone else the main character. It was Alex in three. And I'm I'm guessing it's it's that Luke guy with with six, but uh, there it's always about Ryu. It, it, he's it, the core of the series. I think it's um, I don't want to go too off on this, but like this in Mortal Kombat didn't really decide on a main character externally, but did internally. Mm. But then mm. when you ship your game over to like, just look at the Street Street ninety four Street Fighter movie. Who did they say? Who's going to be the main guy? The American. Guile. The American. Yeah. And I, I love Guile. I played his. I played. He was one of my mains. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just that. Like, yeah, in Japan, they knew the audience would understand Ryu and Liu Kang would be the main characters. And when it came here, America didn't. They didn't accept an Asian character as the main character. That's not mm-hmm. what they chose. Guile, Guile and Dalsim were also broken in the original Street Fighter. Like, they were straight up broken. Like, if you knew how to play those characters, oh, yeah. they could not be beaten yeah. by, by top Flash two players. Well, so. yeah. I, I'm not sure that yeah. Liu King was so much a case of we won't accept the Asian guy yeah, as the main character necessarily. It was, it was also because he started out as a Bruce Lee clone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Bruce this Lee is clone. something we've true. seen in endless fighting games. Why would this guy it's be true. the main It's character? true. But, but, but he, yeah. he, he did start in the same... He's very Ryu, especially yeah. in the first two but, games. But I think starting with Mortal Kombat 2, people started to take him more seriously as the main character. It's like, okay, this is actually a really cool character that we all like All anybody now. could talk about when Mortal Kombat came out was Scorpion. That's all they cared about. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. Yeah, Sub-Zero and Scorpion mm-hmm. sort of became the, the mascots mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're still in the boxes for a reason. Oh, they're the, they're the, the mascots are the most popular, but I think Liu King is recognized but, as again, the that, hero. That's the beauty. He he's the god now. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's true. literally that's the most powerful right. being in that universe. Alex yeah. is a way to like, oh, Western people didn't understand Ryu was the guy, so here's Alex, and then Luke, Luke is more of like, well, he's still very Western, but like he's he's mm-hmm. part. He's from what I played, he's a massive part of the character creation system. 
Right. You are him yeah. throughout. Oh, yeah. most, you you, you yeah. start with his fighting moves. Yeah, yeah. It's, hmm. um, yeah. I don't think I don't think maybe that's a misinterpretation. I don't think American audiences ever rejected. No, not Ryu. not like he's always mm-hmm. been. I think they got not bored rejected. With him, yeah, like, he wasn't. Like, he, okay. But he was like an archetype that is immediately accepted in Japan. Like that's right. the guy you mm-hmm. want to be. He's the main character. And this is me partially with some insight. Inf- but none, none of that was ever expressed to me explicitly. It's just what I believe. Yeah. Be- uh, otherwise, again, why would why would they hire a French guy to play the American character in the Street Fighter movie? Well, I-, I always felt that their answer to that was Ken. It's like, hey, let's Americanize the Ryu because it's literally yeah. a palette swap character, right? Especially in that first game. It's like, but we make him more flashy. He's got mm-hmm. the blonde hair. He races the sports cars around in the anime and stuff. Like, Ken is the American answer to Ryu. And I never liked him yeah. as much. Although that that was was kind of retconned in. Like originally, Ken yeah. was supposed to be Japanese, and he's supposed right. to be like the young Japanese people of you know today's nineteen eighties who dye their hair blonde. But if, I, mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. try to be American. I, I feel like I say this a lot, but I, I just love reiterating it. Street Fighter has, by nature, been about diversity. Either for getting like. Dude, let's get somebody who looks incredibly different in here, which is not something most. You've worked on Western games. No one's like, let's get somebody of a different height, build, color, style, uh, different fashion sense. Like, it's not something modern games approach, where Street Fighter, there's never been a directive to be more diverse. It just makes sense because you want characters uh, uh, who are beloved throughout the globe, in addition to, like, being recognizable in silhouette. Body types, uh, ethnic backgrounds, hairstyles. I fucking love it. I love it. That's why I look forward to new Street Fighter characters, man. It always excites me. 302010 is a show where we look at 30 years ago, and we just had to talk about, like, Connie Chung. And Connie Chung, to me, was, like, huge in my world because my parents watched that. But it was also the only Asian person on network television for years. Mm -hmm. How did that Mm. resonate with me, let alone Asian people in America? Like, so, like, the idea that I said that before, like, it's... Street Fighter says it as a PR thing, but it really is how it works. They look at where it's being played, what territories are growing, and they make a character based on that territory and and from hmm. that place to represent the people who yeah. are loving Street Fighter. It's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but all right. So, who is your favorite Street Fighter character and why? Let us know. Go to vichgameapocalypse.com. Answer in the comments for episode five hundred and twenty-six. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on yeah, Twitter website is down. at VG Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, it, hopefully it won't be down by the time this goes yeah, live. No uh, you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Um, what do we got for them, fellas? Uh, I'm really... 302010 this week was super fun and it's all leading up to a Jurassic Park extravaganza. Because I, like, were you, not to elongate the show, but just like, I watched movies that my parents showed me and television showed me. And I was taken to Jurassic Park and Mm. I was just like, I want to watch nothing but movies all the time now. And that's when I became like, Mm. someone who seeks out movies. I'd done that with games earlier, you know? But like, that Mm. Jurassic Park was that for me for movies. Everything I've ever wanted on screen and it's about to turn... 30 to make me feel super old. 
Oh, God damn. Uh, 30 years old, uh, the original. Mm. I remember reading the book and finding out there was going to be a movie and being so thrilled. Wow. I remember reading the book and like, what the fuck is this? I don't like this at all. And, and I love that Lost World is just the opening of Jurassic Park, or the first book mm. of Jurassic Park, mm. rejiggered into a different terrible movie. And I had a conversation today. <laughs> I was like, is there any other series that has dropped harder than Jurassic Park? Great first movie, diminishing mm-hmm. returns all around, and I got leave it, and, and yet it still continues to oh, pump out I got around. fucking schooled by a billion different age groups who are like, "Are you kidding? Mm. Three is amazing." I'm like, "Oh, three is pretty." Good. I do like three. Uh, yeah, three uh, is good. And then, and then Kevin, if he's been on Laser Time, is like, "I thought five was amazing." I'm like, "I passed out to that drunk because I wasn't having a good time." Uh, which one is Fallen five? Kingdom, Michael, the pre-Dominion. Right, and, and like uh, uh, everybody has a favorite Jurassic Park. So I and, and I'm, I'm talking I, in researching the show. I'm talking to my friends' kids. Like you probably have shown your kids, and all of them have. And most of it is like, yeah, the game, the the, the movie stars children. So they so boom imprinted immediately on a thing hmm. uh, dinosaurs, which they all kids love. Um, and, and most, yeah, I just like the idea that this, the movie still works. Why are you laughing at? I, I have, I have a quick story that I just reminded of. So this is my, I think you should leave real life moment. I had a friend in high school, this guy named Boyd. We were giving, this was early days of presentations where you didn't do them like in PowerPoint. You did them on a fucking overhead projector, yes. right? But he timed his presentation to the music from Jurassic Park. But what would happen is he would he would go too fast through his slide and wait. He would wait for the song to be finished before going to his next slide. So it was like it was like thirty seconds of presentation and the entire classroom sitting there awkwardly for another ninety seconds oh, for the next Jesus. song. And there was people giggling the entire time. It was so just good. like it was such an awkward moment. Uh, <laughs> and then he would slowly take the over. Uh, this thing is too off. many memories, but Next I just remember on. trying to make my own movie, and I was using the Jurassic Park soundtrack and like some really version, early version of editing, and yeah, like trying to get it when it swells up. Like God, this is hard. No wonder people win Oscars for this. It was pre. Uh, <laughs> it was so good though because the teacher's like, "All right, boy, we got to move on." He's like, "Wait, wait, wait." <laughs> yeah, there, uh, now I, I will continue. To wait for the song. <laughs> and minor shout out to that. Uh, Old website Jurassic Park fan fiction because uh, Clever Girl on Girl and Ham and Fisted are two of the funniest, <laughs> which had written entries <laughs> like erotic fan fiction for Jurassic Park. Beautiful. Beautiful. 302010, patreon.com slash time. We're recording a bunch of shit very soon for everybody uh, from bonus times to 80s in depth, the sickest Star Wars, tons of stuff, uh, extra stuff. If you like the laser time content, Video Game Apocalypse 302010. I'm done. Matt. Yeah. Patreon.com slash laser times. Chris and I are going to record it this week. So this was my second time going to Japan. This time I went, though, for a full week and got to do some sightseeing. He went to Disney. He literally didn't tell me at all that he went to Disney Sea. He told both of us he was going to go. I didn't go. know he did. He asked us advice about it. I sent you a picture from Journey to the Center of the Earth. I that was from the said, internet. This is. 
No, that was me there. Um, so, yes, I will recap my Tokyo Disney Sea experience. I will recap my Shinagawa experiences, my Shibuya experiences, my Harajuku experiences. All of this will be recap, recounted and recapped on patreon.com slash laser time on a new bonus time, which we typically with those, we don't do a lot of editing. We just record it and then Chris will probably throw it up mm-hmm. fairly soon. So look for that soon. Um, okay, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGamePocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Weird, it's, man. it's not as illegal as you'd think. Shut up. Whoa. <laughs> I was in Thailand. <laughs> Michael, it's bring fine. us home, please. Ah, Jesus. <laughs>